Hi there viewers, my name is Jamal. Before we get into tonight's episode, I just wanted to take a moment and uh, wish somebody a very special happy birthday. I would have done this sooner, unfortunately we didn't want to do it without giving away the episode. Yeah, thanks guys. So I just wanted to take some time to wish uh, Sakura Kinomoto a very happy birthday. And may it be a very magical one. And welcome to Leave It to Shinya, the show that leads up to the great and one and only Dub Talk podcast. I am your precious feline host, Shinya Paragi, and tonight we're going to talk about a lot of things. And Will you please stick to the script? Oh, what do you mean there's another show coming on? I'm much more important. I am perfectly capable of taking care of this. Uh, but anyway, if they wanted to get a guest star for this episode, I was more than happy to lend a paw. So, the Dub Talk podcast may contain language and content that may not be suitable for all audiences. Though from what I've been told this episode, they tried to be really, really nice for once and less gremlin-y. Your discretion is advised. Also, there are spoilers for at least, like, the first 13 episodes of Cardcaptor Sakura, the Clear Card Arc, the entirety of the original Cardcaptor Sakura, Tsubasa Chronicles, most clamped things, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. I mean, hey, I went on a bizarre adventure once. I ran around the backyard. I rolled in some dirt. I fought the dog named Bailey. I mean, she's really, really weird. I mean, have you seen her? She sits on the couch like a human when she looks at you in the back, and her paws go over the top. Oh, you please stick to the script. You know, I was just getting to that, Luna. Don't need to be rude. And finally, the views and opinions expressed today reflect those of the individual participants and do not reflect Dub Talk as a whole. See, I could totally do my job. And with that, get ready to release your feelings as my human Megan and her friends talk about Sard Captor Sakura, the clear card arc. Release! <laughs> Good evening, one and all, and welcome to Dub Talk, the show where a group of magical cards get together, unleash their powers, and talk about the greatest and latest in English dub announcements, whether they be a simul dub, a dub cast, or a home video release. I am obviously the Megan card, and I'm here today with my three other cards the Zenith. Hey, um, I'm Magical Girl Zenith. I'm currently undergoing a process to change into a magical girl, and it's making me very, very tired. So I'm feeling very much like uh, Sakura right now. How's it going? We also have the Jamstar, or the Jamal. Hey there, hi there, ho there. Just leave it all to Jamal-chan. <laughs> 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 it's a kid's show. I'm not allowed to drink out. Al- I'm not allowed to drink sake, so I will drink this fresh spring water. I'll drink my my juice. And my- now it's juice. It's, it's and now juice. it's beer. 
I will give anybody $5 if you know what fresh spring water is alluding to. And finally tonight, we have the Roots of Justice card. Oh, right. I'm, I'm supposed to, like, do something, aren't I? Maybe. I don't know. Eh. Do you just want to, like, play video games and yell at the Jamal, Jamal Chan? Yeah, that sounds like a plan. Alright, cool. So tonight, we are obviously all talking about the latest and greatest anime in car children and cards. That's right, we're talking about Yu-Gi-Oh! It's time to duel. No, we're talking about Card Captor Sakura, the Clear Card Arc, the 20th anniversary project adapting Clamp's new manga, Card Captor Sakura, the Clear Card, into animated format as directed, eh, as animated by Studio Madhouse, the exact same studio who animated the 70 episode original series. 20 years ago. Speaking of that 70 episode series 20 oh, years ago. Oh boy. Um, before we start, I'd like to give a shout out to Zenith and Jamal who watched <laughs> the entirety of the original series to prepare for this as neither of them had seen it. And an extra special shout out to Jamal who watched 40 episodes of it in a single day. How do you feel, good buddy? I want to go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> After this, you can go to sleep, Jamal Chan, I promise. We'll give you a lot of candy when we see you next. Yeah, I really had to set aside a lot of time for this. I gave myself two months, and that was only just enough time with my schedule, but I somehow made it happen um, because I had never seen season three, and uh, you know now I know about all the gays. There's gays everywhere. <laughs> Everybody's I mean, clamp. We'll I've, get to that. We're gonna get to that. I've never <laughs> seen much of Clamp, actually. Uh, my history with Clamp is pretty much this show, and um, I think that's it. Oh, you're in for a treat if you go in further. <laughs> oh, trust me, this group is going to be hopping a couple dimensions later this year. Oh, hopefully. God, we're gonna be going to the reservoirs? Maybe. I have a nice new set from Noah. Thanks to that. Anyway, we're going on a little bit long, so let's get this kicked off with a simple plot summary. After the events of Cardcaptor Sakura, Sakura is now separated from Shaoran Lee. She's now at Tomoeda Middle School, a brand new, maybe grown-up girl? However, one day she is reunited with Lee, who's come back to Japan. But after a strange dream with a mysterious cloak figure, all of her Sakura cards have now become clear. Along with a mysterious new transfer student named Akiho, things are going a little bit crazy in Tomoedo again, and it's time for Sakura to pick up her card-capturing duties and figure out the mystery behind the clear cards. Now, obviously, if we're going to talk about a dub, we need to talk about somebody who can direct all the magic. So, we're going to start off with our director and our script writer. Now, this is a review of the first 13, 12 to 13 episodes of the show. Um, we did originally plan to report this as an impressions, but due to the nature of a certain character not showing up until the ninth episode, we had to push Whoops. it back. Oh, and that person who plays them knows I waited for this because I told them that. Oh, uh, so, any predictions for director and or scriptwriter? Uh, for this, we're going to go in the order of Roots, then Zenith, then Jamal, then myself. So, Roots, any predictions? 
I base my director prediction on, like, one tweet that ended up coming out not long after the, uh, after the show was announced, which I think was, like, December 1st. Somebody who had done directorial work for Funimation had tweeted excitedly that she was hoping to be a part of the franchise. Uh, as an actress, she wasn't somebody I could really figure out a place for in my predictions, so I, I stuck Kristen McGuire in as director. Okay. And uh, as for the scriptwriter, again, another fan of the franchise, Patrick Seitz. Wait, what? I I believe he's a fan of the franchise. I. You know what? I, he's also into Love Live, so I wouldn't put it past him. You thought it would be someone else, but it is I, Dio, who is directing Cardcaptor Sakura. Like I, I don't want to put words in his mouth, but that's that's what I what I recall. So hopefully, hopefully he is. If not, I'm sorry. There's probably another reason for it too. All right. You know, so Zen. he's also really good with the English language. So that's also another thing to. Oh yeah, definitely. He was an English teacher at one point. Yes. Yes, he was. Um, I did not do any predictions for this, um, simply because, uh... You were busy. <laughs> well, not, not only was I busy, but, like, this show has a history of dubs that really aren't that good, and my history with the show is the sub. That's, that's really what I, I have delved into and what I've watched, because I prefer that language track. Um, in this, in, in, in the older cases. And so, like, when I was looking at this, I'm like, I don't know what could do it justice. It's, it's one of those things that's, it's, this is very hard to adapt. Um, you know, you have younger voice actors, you have to make everything sound a certain way. Um, it, it's just, it's not an easy project to pull off. So I decided not to do predictions, but you know what? I don't have to because... I'm cute. <laughs> All right, there's that. So, uh, Jamal, your predictions. Yeah, I have three for each, and <clears throat> and like Roots, one of mine was also based off a tweet because I figured with a show like this, a lot of old shows seem to be making the, a resurgence nowadays. I figured you want somebody faithful and can handle ad these kind of adaptations very well. And when I saw the tweet, actually when I met her in card as well, I could read it on her face like, it's gotta be Caitlyn Glass, come on. It was either gonna be this or Citrus, and I doubt she would direct Citrus. So yeah. I think I put her here. And then because, you know, it's the Clamp Universe, uh, full disclaimer, I did, had no knowledge of the Clamp universe at all before I watched this, except for maybe Harlick and Blood Sea. So I didn't know the Shawad from this universe was the same Shawad from Card Captors. We'll actually get to that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, it's going cool. Well, uh, no, I'll explain that in a little bit. <laughs> it's complicated. Yeah, so because of that, I had Carly Clinkyman because I saw that she directed a. Uh, clap work before I figured hey why not bring her back but because a lot of directors seem to double up nowadays I had one assistant in Natalie Hoover because she's because she's worked with Caitlin before and I figured hey why not uh, as for scriptwriters I had 
I too had Kristen McGuire. I figured she could bring something to the table as well as keeping it faithful. I also had Body Clicky Beard because you can't go wrong with a Body Clicky Beard script. And I also had Jessica Cavanaugh for something different. Alright, well, I'm about to throw the weirdest curveball of all at you. I had Shoot. two predictions for each. Um, my I'll do my writer's one really easy. Uh, I did Bonnie Clinkybeard first because she did write Tsubasa Chronicles and Triple X Holic. Uh, so she was very, very familiar with the Clamp universe. Uh, and then I also had Krista McGuire because she's really good at writing like high school, middle school drama stuff with a little bit of like romance and stuff in it. And, and she likes card captors, so... And, but I learned something, and we'll get to a certain character, and I'll talk about the story behind this. There are a lot of people at Funimation who grew up on this show. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, it, it, let's just go with this. The term voice actor fight club is getting thrown around. <laughs> um, Round room and a knife. Actually, no. Ding, it was ding. a bunch of, it was actually a bunch of shopping carts out in the middle of the parking lot <laughs> with knives in the middle. And I was like, dude, I'd fucking watch out. Oh, fudge. I'd heckin' watch out. F fudge! I'd, I'd heckin' watch out for some people because they will freak you up. Um, the time to freak everybody out. So based on the tweet, I assumed that... Um, based on a couple of tweets, I assumed that the first picture I had... The first person I had for director was working on this because he said... They said that they were super excited for the franchise that they were working on. So I said, okay, uh, well, Clifford Chapin's not on a, a show with two cores. Maybe he can direct it. Um, and this is the part where everybody just goes, huh? And then based off another tweet, uh, I figured Caitlin Glass would also be directing, that, had a chance of directing this. I was a little more apprehensive because she was still working on Garo Vanishing Line. And then we learned last season that some people were triple directing things. Kyle. Hell, some people even quadruple directed things, but we'll get to him later. Yeah, some people were very busy last last uh, season. Anthony That's why Bowling, there's... it's okay. Go take a nap. You've earned it. <laughs> now I'm thinking because he's in the show as a background teacher and there's uh, a blooper that's out for this. When all the kids run inside, and I think it's episode 12, where Kyle Phillips just yells, Pork chop sandwiches! Yeah, I just heard that last <laughs> night. I was like, Pork chop sandwiches! That's what Kyle's brain was by that point in the season. I'm a computer. Quit your downloading. <laughs> I just want to ride my motorcycle. I hate you guys. Cool. Oh, God. Oh, the computer! Stop the downloading! <laughs> Help, computer! The the only way I know what that is, is speaking of things with Clamp, uh, if you know a certain AMV series called AMV Hell, there is a thing where somebody puts that to Chobits. Oh, wait, wait, Chobits is Clamp? Yes! Yeah, Chobits is Clamp! Okay, I know, I, I've seen Chobits, at least. Haven't finished it, but I've seen it, so I know yes, that. Yes, that is... Clamp, like, okay, Clamp does a lot of things that you would not think. But that's one of the things they wouldn't think about doing is directing because they're mangaka. <laughs> so we have a director and an assistant director on the show, as well as a writer. The directors are Caitlin Glass and Anthony Bolding as her assistant. And the writer is Bonnie Clinkenbeard. 
So starting with the writer, Bonnie Clinkybeard has also written series such as Yuri on Ice, as well as both the Subasa Chronicles, almost all of Subasa Chronicles, and I mean all of it, as in the show, the two sets of OVAs, and the movie. That is how much of Subasa Chronicles there is. Hats off and respect, because that is a trip. I could explain to you what happens in Subasa Chronicles, but we'd be here for hours. I've done it to Roots over the phone one night just for one character's story arc, and he wanted to kill me. It took like 25 minutes. No yeah. lie. Yeah. Uh, and then Anthony Bowling, as a director, has directed the series Knights and Magic, Knights and Magic, as well as been the assistant director on series such as The Morose Mononokian and Hakata Tonkatsu Ramens. And Caitlin Glass has directed series such as The Oron High School Host Club, both seasons of Show by Rock, and of course, Garo Vanishing Line, as well as all other parts of the Garo franchise. So, let's start it off with one Mr. Roots of Justice. God, I actually forgot Anthony Bowling was assistant director when I made that take a nap joke. <laughs> Whoops. Oh well. Um I thought the director You're getting tired, my Anthony <laughs> Bowling. Go the heck to sleep. Uh anyway, I, I thought the direction and uh script writing were pretty solid. Um special shout out, by the way, to um somebody else who's kinda sort of on the directorial staff for like an episode or two. Uh that is the the director for the uh, for the songs because I dub them, Brina Palencia. Oh, that's right, Brina. Actually, no, her it's her brother Gino. I actually think. Okay, um, ANN said uh, said it was Brina Palencia, but okay, the Palencia siblings. Right, 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 right. <laughs> but um, I'm usually not a fan of dub songs, to be honest with you, because one of two things ends up happening. You either have to sacrifice the fidelity of the lyrics in Japanese to make them fit. Or if you remain accurate to the Japanese, you kind of have to sacrifice the lyrical integrity of the song in order to make it work. Um, I think the songs were not bad. About as, about as decent as you can get with them. <clears throat> Because, uh, I mean, no no offense to to the very, very talented directors who work on the so the dub songs of Funimation when they're allowed to do it. But it's just not something I'm a fan of. <clears throat> but I, I do have to give props that it... They sounded fine. And sometimes they work, sometimes they don't. Uh, other than that, I like the, um, like, there's some big characters who get some really kind of fun little wall of lines. Um, like, I think the, <clears throat> like, one of the English teachers in the first episode, I think, had something funny to say, and... I'm Mike from Portland! <laughs> I'm Mike from Portland. Better be Maine, you beep! <laughs> anyway, I'll um I'll pass it on. All right, Zenith. 
Um, so, like, card cap. Uh, talking words. Um, <laughs> words are hard. <laughs> okay, so card captor Sakura means a lot. It it really does. It, it's it's one of those shows that really um, I I saw as a kid, and it's kind of grown up with me. And seeing it again as an adult. Um, made me realize how deep and how important this show has been on a lot of the developments in my life. And so going into this, um, I feel like they had a lot to live up to in, in, in terms of my standards. I mean, like, th this show was, was a gay awakening in many senses for me. Um, so it's just like, I, I, in order to do this justice... Um, first of all, you have to uh, not repeat the legacy of bad dubs. You have to make sure that everything is in there. Um, but it just, to me, it had to have been uh, a little bit better than it was. I, I think some of it was set back uh, because, you know, of, like, the a lot of it was recast from, from a, another dub. Um, I, I believe uh, they recast from Subasa so that they would have like the same voice actor. Um, it just coming into it without having seen Subasa and all that other stuff. Um, I think it got better over time, but it still is not perfect. And I will have words later. And I mean, part of this is nitpick. Part of this is me um, having seen seventy episodes of the sub back to back to back but a lot of it is just i feel like it's good not great and there's a lot of missteps um with 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 a couple exceptions but we'll get to that jamal hello anthony bowling how was your day <coughs> jesus christ this man's been assisted on like four five <laughs> shows this season actually any bowling needs a nap. Cause I found a tweet here. Apparently, he also assisted on Gal Vashing Like, <laughs> yeah. At this point, somebody please smack Anthony Bowling with the sleep card, or at least take Anthony out bowling. You know. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I know you're editing this. You know that. You know. Have you ever seen the movie like Pirates Band of Misfits? Uh no. Do you know the gif of the monkey doing the drum snare roll and, like, he then throws his head to the side? Uh, probably. You need to put that in there because it's exactly what I just did to you. Only Photoshop ain't a pain in the ass for that. Deal. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, yeah, he's crazy, but he had, seems to keep the toad very consistent. Caitlyn and Bonnie, I trust them to do their job very well, and I've never really had a problem with them. Like, listen, you guys, I can I can see where you're coming from. I'm just completely neutral because, like, with the songs, like, it's insert songs, like songs for TV size. So most of the fidelity's kind of lost. You'd have to listen to the full version anyway to get a full understanding. True. That's As, a really good point. <laughs> yeah, because. I think up to yesterday or the day before, I was listening to a cover of Groovy by Megan Shipman, so... And that was really impressive. Anyway, back to the point. I, it's it's pretty much sad for the most part. I, 
I do. I myself have a cup full of dip picks, but it's not where you think it's gonna be. Let's put it that way. But other than that, everything was pretty solid to the point it felt like it was actually a nostalgia dub I was watching again. And I've never seen Subasa at all. To be fair, the only parts of Subasa that are streaming right now is when crap hits the fan. <laughs> Yeah, that could be that could be any one of them. I don't know. Specifically, it's the OVAs. That's when the show goes from, "Ah, this is a fun show about a dimension hopping and getting your memories back." That's a little bit dark. Get to the OVA. I need a hug. Basically. Yeah. So, pretty much that's all I have to say at this point. You want to take it away, Megan? Yep, this is why I'm going last, because I talk too much. Um, this is really strange for me, because I I had watched Tsubasa, not Tsubasa Chronicle, I've watched Cardcaptor Sakura as an adult. Um, I watched it actually at one point in college, my senior year of college, instead of actually doing papers uh, so that I wouldn't have to write them all on the last day that they're due, I would be like, okay, I'm going to watch like 15 episodes of Cardcaptor Sakura today. Um, so I was super familiar with it, and I was like, alright, yeah! And then, um, if you've never gotten to go to Anime Boston or Anime Fest or, um, Animain, uh, we do a panel on, uh, the history of English dubs. And I handle specifically the 1990s, where, um, the original Cardcaptor Sakura dub came out. The, the 90s and the 2000s. Um, let me say this, I know if you live in Canada... You got a different edit than we got down in the States. The Cardcaptor Sakura dub sucked. It was bad. Yep. Everything that you uh, hear people complain about four kids doing to things like One Piece or Deke to Sailor Moon, they were worse in the American edition of Cardcaptor Sakura that Nelvana gave us. Names were changed. Um, they censored LGBT stuff. They actually cut episodes and aired it out of order so that Shaoran would appear as the other main character. Like, they didn't start airing Cardcaptor Sakura in the States until episode 8 when the Thunder card shows up. Because that's the first time Shaoran shows up in the show. Like, Shaoran's not there from episode 1 if you've never seen the original series. Like, it's Tomoyo, Sakura, and Karo for like 8 episodes. And... This is, to date, the best that I think Cardcaptor Sakura has ever heard sounded. The dub of the second movie comes close, but that dub is completely out of print. Sakura has actually been played by four different actresses in English by this point. Shaoran has been played by four different actors and actresses. Like, this is not the first time this, this franchise has been dubbed. But it's the best that it sounded. There, are, But however, it wasn't a dub that I was completely sold on by, like, episode one. As I was with something like Tagaki-san, which I don't really care for the show, but I really liked the dub for it. Also be Tagaki is best villain of 2018, spite me. Um, <laughs> it's not an incorrect statement. She is the best villain of 2018. I'm sorry, that little girl is Satan. Uh, this isn't even like Darling in the Franks, which is a show I greatly dislike that I think has a really great dub. 
Um, but it grew on me. As I sat and I marathoned the show the other uh, yesterday, as of the day of this recording, I was like, okay, wow, these these actors and actresses have really grown into their roles. Um, another thing I really do want to bring up is the dub singing. I'm actually very, very much not a fan of it. Um, a lot of people are like, why are you against it? You speak English. Uh, how do you know that the say you don't suck? And my thing is this. There's a lot that goes into music besides vocal performance. Um, it's not only... I can't really say lyrics because I don't speak Japanese that, that well anyway. So I don't know a lot of words. But there are also like the tone of how someone's voice is singing. Um, there's also the speed at which it's sung. There's a lot of things that go into music. Um, in my mind, if a, so a song doesn't get a dub, it doesn't really bother me. Because in my mind, essentially, all of these characters are actually still speaking Japanese. Um, it's just translated into English so that we can say it. English is just the base language one-to-one -to, -one to Japanese in my mind. Um, which is another thing I really want to talk about as the director, Caitlin Glass, has put in a bunch of little touches in this show that a lot of people wouldn't think to put into, like, a home video dub. Um... Al, everybody here has seen the episode where they go to the aquarium date, right? Yeah. Yep. Okay. So, in that episode, at one point, Shaolin helps a two, a couple, a tourist couple, uh, go to the penguin show with them. In Japan, they were speaking English. Which, that joke is funny in Japan because Sakura can't speak English very well because she's in middle school. In the US version, they're speaking French. And somebody asked me online, well, why would they change it from English uh, into French? I'm like, because the joke isn't funny about Sakura not understanding that they're calling them a cute couple in English if every if they're also speaking English. The joke is kind of lost in that, oh, well, if they're both speaking English in the dub, all the Japanese people are speaking English at, so why would they? It's, it's really weird and I'm not explaining it well at all. Also, shout out to the fact that the lady in that clip was Princess Zelda from Breath of the Wild. Ah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, that's Patricia Somerset speaking French. And that's the only time she's in the show. Um, this isn't a dub. This is a really good dub and a really solid dub. It's not perfect. There are even times where I would feel like certain characters are speaking... And it's like, okay, that kind of comes out of what you're trying to do, and it's a little bit jarring at times. Um, and then there's certain casting choices that were done, obviously, uh, to replicate another franchise. Um, but that being said, we've spent a lot of time talking on director and writing. So we're going to move on to our first group of characters, which are all of Sakura's friends and from Tomoeda Elementary and Tomoeda Middle School. And that includes Chiharu Mihara, Sakura's friend in the cheerleading club, and kind of the straight man to the Joker of one Mr. Takashi Yamazaki, a boy with an over-eccentric imagination who has a knack for getting the very gullible Sakura and Shaoran to believe his many, many bad puns and jokes and fake facts, who I'm also surprised whose brain is not actually a milkshake with how much Chiharu uh, shakes him back and forth. There is also... Uh, Naoko Yani uh, Yanagasawa, a quiet girl with glasses who has an over imagine uh, an over an overexcited imagination who writes plays for their school, and there is also a character named Rika Sasaki. While Rika Sasaki isn't a very big character in Clear Card, she was an incredibly large presence 
in the original show and does come, sometimes come back in vocal form only for Cardcaptor Sakura and was in the prequel OVA. However, due to the death of her seiyu in Japan, it is believed that is why the character does not continue onwards. Does anybody have predictions for either Chiharu, Naoko, Takashi, or Rika? Um, I didn't actually make any predictions for the kids. Yeah, neither did I. I forgot they were saying it first. <laughs> I'm the only one who did it then. Because <laughs> then you said you made no predictions, correct? Yes, I, I, I made no predictions because, uh, yeah, not enough nostalgia. This damn nostalgia. Darn Meh. this nostalgia. Meh. <laughs> Nostalgia, no, get off, stop eating the flowers, Nostalgia. <laughs> nostalgia, no, that's my good linens. <laughs> nostalgia. Nostalgia, call oh. the box, no, no. <laughs> Why is Nostalgia a cat now? I thought that's what you were going for. Mm-mm-mm. So I had predictions for three of the kids. Obviously, I didn't do Rika because uh, when I watched the show in the sub, they're like, oh, Rika's not going to show up. And then the prequel of EA came out, which I was actually really surprised they dubbed that. Because originally, the only way you could have seen it is if you went and saw the second movie due to uh, Crunchyroll movie night. And then they're like, surprise, we dubbed this. And I was like, yay. Yay, this is adorable. And now I'm a little less confused. Um... So my predictions for Takashi for Yamazaki were Derek Snow or Anthony Bowling. No, I was not watching Token Ranpu when I made these predictions at all, children. Uh, Chiharu, I picked Felicia Angel or Kristen McGuire. And for Naoko, I picked Jade Saxton or Alex Moore. Um, somebody snorted really loud to the suggestion <laughs> of Alex Moore. What the heck? Oh, heck. Um... Anyway, playing Chiharu is Jill Harris. Playing Naoko is Danny Chambers. Playing Takashi Yamazaki is one Mr. Alejandro Saab. And playing Rika is Alex Moore. Jill Harris you'll know as characters such as Mayaka Ibata in Hyoka, Yumeme in Planetarian, and Mandalay in My Hero Academia. Danny Chambers you will know as Chise Hatsuri in The Ancient Megas Bride, Zenko Fujiwara in The Morose Mononokian, and Celine in Hina Logic from Luck and Logic. Alejandro Saab, you will know as everybody hold on because this name is a mouthful. Takogane Sadamude in Zoku Rambu Hanamaru. Uno in Nambaka finally getting a release in, in July. Praise God. Woo. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Ever, I swear, guys, you have no idea. When we saw that finally come up on the July slate, everyone's like, Jamal, it's finally happening. <laughs> And I pre-ordered it two minutes right after y'all told me. <laughs> Happy <I know>. New Year! <laughs> Happy gonna... heckin' New Year! Ooh. Okay, just for this one bit, Jamal, you can say the F word. Happy fucking New Year! And that's the only F-bomb so we can keep our PG-13 rating. <laughs> I mean, it's 80s PG. We can get away with one. <laughs> Wolfman's got nards! Y you know what they say. Everybody gets one. <laughs> Uh, and he's Don't also <laughs> he's also Tanzaki in Joker's Game. Alex Moore, you'll know as Mitsuba Sangu and Sarah for the end. Nozomi Gokuraku in A Centaur's Life and Atri in Aka Thirteen Territory Inspection Department. 
that one I can actually say. I can just put Akka and remember the rest of the name because the manga is like two <laughs> feet away from me. Um, there you so, go. So, Jamal, I'm sorry, uh, Roots, go ahead, you're first. Um, I really don't have much to say. They, um, during the first core, they're, they're really more ancillary characters. Uh, they, they do get a lot of fun things to say, though, and I really like the performances. In particular, Alejandro Saab, because, like, he kind of gets the goofiness, and it's, like, it, it, it's great. It, they sound like middle school-age kids... Uh, their their lines sound like the kind of things that middle school age kids would say, and uh, I'll I'll pass it on. Zenith. Um, I w I will say this: uh, the ancillary cast is actually uh, some of the few people I have zero issues with because um, they sound pretty much like normal grade schoolers. Uh, they you know they they do a good job of bringing to light the the. Um, energy and emotions and characterizations of the original cast, and I think they all do a pretty good job. Um, I do feel that in the first couple episodes that Takashi um, had a little bit too older a sounding a tone, but they toned that down over time, and uh, overall, like as the show went on, I just think these casts, the, the, the ancillary cast just did a great job. Um... I didn't really think there was a standout performance, but I didn't have any problems with anyone. I think it was, I think they were all good. And, uh, you know, just, just, you know, watching it as it was, I think it definitely kept in with the spirit of the original show. So of this group of characters, um, you know, good job. All right, Jamal. I've been waiting so long to talk about Danny Chambers. Ever, ever since I found out she existed, like, <laughs> the way she's been voicing little girls lately has been kind of impressive because usually when you voice little girls, sometimes they like pitch up their voice a little higher just to make them sound sound like a little girl. But with Daddy, she doesn't really need to do that. She, it's like it's like I don't know if it's her natural voice or anything, but it sounds like she's just being straightforward with Naoko. I really like that. Uh, Alejandro, his range is always impressive as, us as usual, and I gotta give Body credit because I'm wondering. How difficult it is to write lines that are pretty much cow poop, if you get what I mean. <laughs> with all his puns and his jokes and stuff. Somebody has a fun day at the office when they have to write for uh, Yamazaki. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Rika, I don't really remember much. I may need to watch the OVA again. And uh, here comes nitpick number one, because while Jill Harris did a pretty great job as Chiharu, I do find that maybe she made the voice a little older than it needs to be, because usually with Jill Harris, she has like a, a signature voice crack. And when you play, like I said, when you play little girls, you don't need to pitch it up higher, but I just wanted to hear something out of it that makes her sound like, to make, to make sure she's really little girl, because remember, they just started middle school, and they're pretty much close to the cusp of puberty right now, so a voice crack here there would be nice, but it kind of mellows out toward the middle, and it was pretty good. And I really like the tone she takes with the character, especially when she has to deal with Yamazaki's poop. <laughs> Every time you say poop, you're just going to start laughing, aren't you? 
What? Can't say the S word, can I? No, you can't. No <laughs> exactly, swearing. Exactly. Thank you. Say dung. <laughs> no, that just makes it worse. Dung, 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 Stop! You stop that! Let's just stick with cow poop, because at least we know what we're talking about. There you go. Uh, We're adults. <laughs> we are grown adults here. Making I have only bills. <laughs> making only grown adult jokes. I like turtles. <laughs> I like turtles. I like I like turtles. By, by the way, speaking of cats, my my cat says hi. Hi, Chiaki. Hi, Chiaki. Also, no no animals were harmed in the making of the disclaimer of this video. <laughs> Shinya and, Lunia, Shinya and Luna were given a lot of treats. Mostly Shinya, because she's fat. And Chiaki is silently judging everyone as she plans her own magical cat transformation. Oh, so she's Carla from Fairy Tale. <laughs> yep. Uh, but Jamal, you were saying? The picks aside, they all did a, a very good job of playing these characters. You know, they're not in the show that much, but... Well, I was going to say something else, but I'll break that up towards the end. Okay. Uh, so, I kind of will agree with everybody. I do wish that... Uh, it is kind of, like I said, it is really sad that Rika is not in the show more often due to um, extraneous circumstances. I actually really kind of liked Alex Moore's uh, performance as the character, even though... You only really get to see her through. Only get to hear her through voice. So she gets every every voice actor's favorite job, getting to act without lip flaps. It's like this is why Koro Sensei was the dream job at Funimation. I get to do all this really crazy stuff, no lip flaps. Um, <laughs> oh my god! I I watched the trailer for the movie and it played the the graduation song and I almost just started crying on my bed. Oh boy! Uh, like this, if you cry every time. Uh, but no, I actually really, I will agree a little bit on Joe Harris, especially is that um, Chiharu to me sounded like Mini uh, Mini Mayak, Mini Ibara from Hyoka, and I love Hyoka her as Ibara and Hyoka because it is perfect. I do agree that it does sound a little tiny bit too old for Chiharu. Um, be- and this isn't like Tagaki-san, where everybody and their mom sounded way too old for it, but it was a comedy anime, so they could kind of get away with keeping the spirit of of one boy's little battle against Satan herself. Um, Yamazaki, uh, to me, Yamazaki wasn't that much of a, a departure, and the re- this is the reason I put this character there from uh, Takagone. Because Takagone is also a little boy. And I actually really like Alejandro Saab's little boy voice. Um, I kind of... that I'm trying to word this in a way that does not sound weird at all, guys. <laughs> um, I want to see Alejandro Saab play some younger characters, too. Because I think he... Uh, especially in comedy shows. Because I think a lot of people forget how funny he is. Mm-hmm. And how much of a great comedic actor he is. Like... If you've never seen Akiba's Trip, the animation, please watch Akiba's Trip, the animation's dub, only for him if you have to. 
Um, the whole dub is great, but he is just, like, there's a reason he was in the fan vote for that particular character last year. Um, so I think he's great as Yamazaki, and he nails a lot of it. And I will admit that his delivery is also part of the reason why a lot of those lines are really funny. Like, when, um, he actually talks about badminton, and he doesn't lie, <laughs> that was probably one of the funniest things that happens in the show. Um... And then uh, Danny Chambers is great in this, as always. I still can't believe that she is... Uh, well, I can because she's an amazing person. Uh, but she's a really great actress. And I like her playing this. She plays a lot of little boys, actually. I think Zenko is a guy. I've not watched the Morose Potidokian all the way through. So I think Zenko is a boy. But she does a lot of little boy and little girl voices as like bit characters in other shows. So I think she was, out of all of them, the most solid as the school group. Uh, but we're done here. Are we ready to move on? Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. So let's bring it home to the families. Uh, these characters are three family members of kind of our lead three characters, Sakura, Shaoran, and Tomoyo. There is Fujitaka Kirimoto, who is Sakura's father, who is an archaeology professor at a university, he is single dad of the year, um, having lost his wife, who he's very deeply in love with. And by the way, if you watch the original series and go through any of the stuff about Fujitaka and and the mom, Nadeshko, and don't cry, you're a liar. Um, there is Sonomi Daijoji, who is uh, Tomoyo's very eccentric mom, who may or may not have been in lesbians with Nadeshko. Wait, and what? Oh, dude, no, she had a thing for Nadeshko, man. She totally yeah. had a thing for her. Okay, I gotta watch that again, because I thought I saw <laughs> something different. Like, Jamal. Like, mother, like, daughter. I'm not like, gonna... She, she, I'm, not, she, I'm not gonna lie. I really thought they were cousins. They are cousins. Okay, that just makes things even worse now. Th that's, yes. that's the entire thing, is that they, they both of them have ex extremely obvious lesbian crushes on, on their, their cousins. cousins. It's a thing. Yeah, like, there's a reason why she keeps bringing up that Sakura looks like her mom. Mm-hmm. And that's ah. why, like, she projects onto Sakura as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then there is the one character who is never in the manga, and a lot of people who are wrong hate this character, but she is awesome. Mei Ling, who is Shaoran's cousin, who is the realest homie G in all of card captors next to Toya, Fought cloud cars with her bare fists. She's like under thirteen and the best. I love Mei Ling. I I really love Mei Ling. Okay, y'all. Mm -hmm. So Jamal, pr Jamal and Roots predictions. Um, I didn't actually have any for the family. Um, <laughs> I didn't have anything for Tomoyo's mom or Mei Ling, but I had one for the dad. I had one for the dad and one for Mei Ling, nothing for the mom. Yeah, I didn't think Toyo's mom was showing back up. <laughs> so, uh, Jamal, what was your prediction for the dad? Well, all dads aside, I had Sunny straight. And for Mei Ling? I'm gonna sound like a hypocrite. I went by looks and I picked Brit April. 
You know what? That's not a bad choice at all. No, because here's the thing. I went on the diatribe in an episode where it was pretty much typecasted because she plays a lot of twin-tailed characters and, kind, you know, kind of a kid who Tatum play glasses characters, if you get my drift. There's a show that I'm watching for another episode where the character with twin tails came on and I asked if that was Burn April. <laughs> now you get my point. Roots knows exactly what show that is, too. Mm. Oh. I'm on a boat. Let's go with that. I'm on a boat. <laughs> I gotcha, I gotcha. Got yeah, so my predictions for Fujitaka, I had two, but I also had a fallback one. My two predictions for the dad, Fujitaka, were Brian Mathis and Mike McFarland. My fallback was Kevin M. Connolly, because that's who played Fujitaka in Tsubasa Chronicles. Um, so, all of us are wrong. <laughs> Playing Fujitaka Kinemoto is Jason Douglas. Playing Sonomi Daijoji is Michelle Rojas. And playing Mei Ling is Trina Nishimura. So, Jason Douglas plays Beerus in Dragon Ball Super, uh, Aokiji in One Piece, and if we can all take a moment of silence, Nevin from the Ancient Megas Bride. Moving on. Michelle Rojas plays Kanon Matsura in Love Live Sunshine, Toko Yada in Assassination Classroom, as well as every other Toki you could think of besides the one in Tokyo Ghoul. And Aiha in Noragami are Goto. Trina Nishimura plays Kyoka Jiro in My Hero Academia. She is Rachel in Bakano. And she's actually Tomoyo Tomoyo in Subasa Chronicles OVA Spring Thunder. She actually replaced another actress, that's why. So, uh, I feel like this sec this section's going to be pretty quick. Uh, so Roots start us off. Yeah, um, I liked Michelle Rojas' performance. Uh, it, it was very... I got a lot of quick chuckles out of it, which was which was really great, even though she's got, like, maybe a minute or two of screen time in total. Ah. But, um... Kind of the same case with Trina Nishimura, but with the nature of when we're recording this, we actually... A couple of us did actually watch episode 13, and there were a couple good moments in there. But, mm -hmm. um... Mainly, this discussion's going probably going to focus around Sakura's dad and Jason Douglas. I actually really like Jason Douglas in paternal roles because he he just has this this warm voice to him when he's not like playing a villain or Beerus or like 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 with Nevin in Ancient Magus Bride. Like, Raise your hand if you cry your <laughs> eyes out to that crap. Oh, I cry my eyes out. But, um, there, there's just a warm genuineness to his voice that you just can't fake when he's, uh, when he's playing those sort of characters. And I, I, I really liked it. So I will, uh, I'll pass it on to Zenith. Um, I did not see episode 13, so, uh, essentially, I'm, I only have, like, really, really big opinions on the father. Um, granted, I think, overall, it's, it's, uh, solid all around in this area as well. Um, but in, in terms of her father, 
Um, this is exactly how I pictured him sounding. I think he was really, really well cast. And honestly, from the moment he started talking, I'm like, it's not the same as the sub, but it went in a different direction and it's very well fatherly sounding. So I think they did a good job in that regard. All right. So are you good? Yep. All right, Jamal. Uh, Sonomi, I don't remember much of the performance, but given it's a frantic character, a number of Michelle Rojas roles I've seen, I'm gonna assume it was pretty good. Uh, Mei Ling, Trina Nishimura does a pretty, a pretty bang on job in this role, actually, and I am so glad they decided not to give her an accident or anything, because that was gonna be my biggest worry with Mei Ling. Oh, because she's from Hong Kong. Yeah. Yeah. And, you thought uh, they were potentially going to vanishing line it. Yeah, I had a problem with that too, but not where Roots is thinking. Ah. Mm. As for uh, the dad, here comes nitpick number two. I'm not entirely sold on Jason Douglas's performance, only because maybe it's because my inability or knowledge of him as an actor. I don't really hear... When I hear Jason Douglas's voice, it comes down to two characters. Either Beerus from Dragon Ball Super or Kraft from Level E. Ah. And, and he is not angry in this role. So, oh, I just hear the gruffness come out of him a little. And that kind of takes me out a little bit. But other than that, like, I mean, he, he, he's, he does good with what he's giving with the character. I'm just not entirely sold on it, to be honest Maybe because we don't hear that much of the show, but... Mm. Alright, so for me, um... Sonomi is gonna be super, super quick. I actually really liked her as Sonomi. Uh, if you don't know, Michelle Rojas is also the world's biggest Tomoyo diehard. She loves that character, so getting to play her mom was like a dream come true to her. Ooh, uh, nice. So she was really, she was really, really, it was really cool. Um, Mei Ling is actually uh, something I really want to talk about. Is that I didn't know Trina Nishimura can do uh, speak Mandarin, yeah. or at least can act speaking Mandarin. Uh, she speaks Mandarin in episode thirteen very well, and that was an addition I really enjoyed to the dub itself. Was that they did try to keep it there for at least her. Uh, I thought she really nailed a lot of Mei Ling's kind of haughtiness because Mei Ling is kind of hot crap. She thinks she's hot crap, if you know what I'm saying. Mm. Um, so I really liked her there. And I really liked the maturity that she started bringing to the character. Because that is a lot of... Uh, that is kind of a theme that's brought up to a lot of a lot of the characters. It's, wow, you guys are getting older. You're starting to sound so much more mature. Um, but Fujitaka was uh, another performance I liked that I did need to warm up to. Um, I think it's just because the character isn't always there. That sometimes it's like, oh yeah, Jason Douglas is actually a pretty good like dad voice, because I'm I'm mostly used to him as Nevin, so I I don't. Just fun fact, guys, I don't like Dragon Ball Z as a franchise. Yeah, that's I don't fair. watch it. I don't watch it. Don't at me in the comments. Um, so I don't listen to him as Beerus a lot. So I am very much more used to Jason Douglas dad voice. Um. <laughs> But I, I enjoyed it. It really did grow on me. I thought they were all three pretty solid performances. Um, I do want to hear more of uh, Trina as Mei Ling in these next couple episodes. Because Mei Ling 
stays around at least until at least for the next two episodes from what I understand. I I stopped watching ahead in the sub a little while ago. Um but with that being said, are we good to move on to our next group? Mm-hmm. Alright, so Chip Chip Perio, get your TARDISes, get your umbrellas, get your wands, we're going to England, British stereotypes, all around, it's time for Cardcaptor Sakura's Team England, we have Ariel, one of the two- oh yeah, I forgot to mention this, oh yeah, so Clout Reed, the original guy with the book with all the nice little magic cards and crap, yeah, he has two reincarnations, one is Sakura's dad, one is this kid. So we have Ariel, a small British boy who used to be in Sakura's class, who, like I said, magical, 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 and he transfers back to England at the very beginning of the show. There is Kaho Misaki, Toya's ex and a former teacher of Sakura, who works as Ariel's assistant. Then there is Ruby Moon and Spinel's son, who are Ariel's counterparts to Yue and Karoberos. Spinel being Carabaros, Ruby Moon being obviously UA, UA's counterparts. So, predictions for these characters. I had predictions for all of them. Um, I only had two. Oh, that's right. Errol's last name is Hiragizawa. I forgot that. <laughs> I was like, I didn't put his last name on like my chart. I only had it in my predictions. Um, so, okay, go ahead. <laughs> I, I wasn't quite sure what to, what to do with the characters, so I just kind of stuck people in there that kind of had wider ranges. <clears throat> so um, Josh Greeley and Damon Mills were who I predicted. Um, and I kind of went in an interesting direction for Spinel's son. And by extension, uh, Carol Barrows, which I'll get to later. I... I kind of went with the idea similar to, um, I believe, the Japanese, where they just kept one actor to, to play both the um, the little chibi form and the big and the big cat form. Uh, so I went with Greg Ayers for Spinal Sun because he can he can do like the little little voice and then sort of a bigger, more robust. <clears throat> I've watched Chrono Crusade. <laughs> like, like he can do, he can do like Chibi, and then he can also do like the big kind of, you know what I'm talking about? The yeah, I get it. I get what you're kind of for. like a Rory kind of voice. And then you didn't have anybody for Kaho or Ruby. No. All right, Jamal. Uh, I had three for Ariel, one for Mizuki. I had nothing for Spinny or Ruby. Because I didn't know they existed at the time, to be honest. <laughs> to be fair, like I said, they never aired season three in the U.S. And that's where they're a big part of the show. Yeah, plus I didn't see Ruby till the OVA was dubbed, so... Ah. Uh, for Ariel, I had Howard Wang, Justin Blinen. Here's an odd one for you, Jai Yog Bosch. Hmm. You say <laughs> that? You say that! Oh, I know that. I, is I, that why you did it? Yeah, because I figured since I now know Source Connect is a thing, I thought maybe Caitlyn would try to bring him in. You crafty dude. <laughs> <laughs> and for Kaho. Yeah, I mean, it's always a possibility, guys. <laughs> and for Kaho, I had Abilene Carters because I wanted someone with an airy voice who looks 
who could look deceitful if she needed to be, which Kaho kind of was, you know. Nice on the outside, but hiding something on the inside. Alright, so my predictions, I'm going to start with Kaho. And one of them was a little, I, I think I went a I kind of forgot how old she was. Like I said, it's been a little bit of time since I, I went with it. So my predictions for Kaho were Lydia McKay and Stephanie Young. Anyway, my predictions for Ruby Moon were Caitlin Glass or Alexis Tipton. My predictions for Spindle Sun were Terry Doty or Afia Yu. And Jamal can read my mind because my predictions for Ariel were Justin Briner and Howard Wang. Um. <laughs> Stop reading my mind. Get out of my head, Charles. Get out of my dreams. Get into my, my car. car. So playing Errol, Errol Hiroki Sawa is Noika Solasad. Playing Kaho Mizuki is Morgan Garrett. Playing Ruby Moon is Alexis Tipton. And playing Spinal Sun is Afia Yu. Micah Solasad, you'll know as characters such as Subaki in Servamp, Nikolai Krasanskin in The Empire of Corpses, and he plays both twins, Subaru and Kamui, in Tsubasa Tokyo Revelations. Kaho Mizuki, uh, oh wait, I already said that. Morgan Garrett plays Sophie in Gosik, Daya Kurosawa in Love Live Sunshine, and Botan in Laughing Under the Clouds. Alexis Tipton plays Midare Toshiro in Token Rambu Hanamaru, Maria in Marina the Virgin Witch, and Saya Kasaragi in Blood Sea. And Afia Yu plays Ryo Nakamura in Assassination Classroom, Manayoshi Sadame in Zoku Token Rabu Hanamaru, and Rita in Rage of Bahamut Genesis. So, uh. <laughs> Just go, Roots! Alright, um. I unfortunately don't remember much of Alexis Tipton's performance as Ruby Moon, so forgive me. Um, let's see here. Kaho. She did a pretty good pretty good job as sort of the mellow caring assistant and um like i i like i liked how afia played spinel son as sort of like he's trying to be serious but every time he interacts with caro like a little bit of a childish side comes out and their interactions are just the best and um it took a little while for Micah Soulsod's Ariel to grow on me. Like, uh, I I thought his uh, his British accent was a little too harsh in the first couple episodes he was in, but it slowly started to mellow out as he uh, as he got a little more accustomed to the character. So, I really don't have a lot of problems with it. <clears throat> and uh, yeah, I um, I'll pass it on. All right. Um, I think I'm going to start with the elephant in the room. I do not like Micah Solasad as Ariel, and I think there are two main problems with it. Like, the British accent is the first. And, I mean, granted, he said he's from England. Um, if he grew up there, that'd be fine. But the thing is, he's a, he's a reincarnation who has memories of his past, why give him specifically a British accent? Again, he was he was you know reincarnated uh, to live in England, 
but he's not a British character, and I would think that he wouldn't have that accent unless he did it on purpose. But another thing is, I don't think they made his character sound old enough. In the original Japanese, one of the defining traits of Ariel is that he talked down... He, he talked very young when he was around classmates, but as soon as he got found out he in, in Alone, he would talk in a much deeper, much, much older tone, and that's simply because he is a learned man. This is Clow Reed. He's supposed to sound a lot older than he looks. That's the point. And I felt it kind of fails on both fronts. It got better over time, but I did not like Ariel in this version. Um, I actually I have a hunch about that, but I'll let you I'll let you finish your your thoughts and then I'll, I'll Okay. Okay. Um and then um I thought uh, Mizuki was was great. I honestly had no problems with her. Um I think she did a great job of retaining what Mizuki is all about and that's being a nice teacher um that that does hide things but in general is kind of an assistant. I think she did a good job. Um, I unfortunately don't really remember too too much about Ruby Moon. Um, it was good, but I, I like like you said I don't really remember. Um, and then finally we have uh, Spinel. I like Spinel. I think they did a good job of kind of keeping it true to the original, where it's this character that tries to act serious, because but but then you know when when things happen gets all like exasperated and uh, and funny. Um, and they did a good job playing with those two different tones. Spinel is very much the same as uh, the original uh, accent-wise, so I think they did a, a good enough job keeping that. Um, but yeah, my main problem was Ariel, and I could not really... Like, while I got better, I, I just never really got past that initial appearance. Yeah, so personally, my hunch about that is the British accent is sort of supposed to be the air he puts on when he he's sort of the Clown Reed persona. Uh, I mean, I can see and, where you're coming from, but... Uh. And, and, like, in a hypothetical Funimation Cardcaptor Soccer dub, if it ever... If something like that ever happens, like, I'm, I get the feeling Micah would have, like, a normal... Like, a, a traditional accent when he's speaking to other kids in his class. And then it would be sort of the haughty British accent when he's sort of taking on the Clowry persona. I, I, like, I, again, I can see where you're coming from with that. And to a an ex certain extent, I could see why people would maybe do that. But it just does not fit with my... With my perspective on his character, again, I'm really biased to the fact that, you know, this is a character who I've just marathoned a whole bunch of episodes right. with. Um, and I, I, I see the subtleties that the Japanese put into his performance. Uh, obviously, you can't do the same thing in, J in Japanese as you do in English. Um, I just wish there was a different way, because as it stands, I don't think it does enough to distinguish that this is the Cloud Reed persona. Yeah, that that's fair. Mm. Jamal? I mean, I can understand what Zedif is coming from, because when I started watching this, before I watched the sub, like, I wouldn't ha really have any idea, but that I watched the sub, I can see where she's coming from now. 
anyway, as for Ariel, yeah, it took me some time getting used to that accent because, I mean, I know they're not going for authenticity. Trust me, I've heard an authentic British accent. But it's like they're trying to pull a hider with Micah. It's like... Oh, they're trying to get, like, the voice from the Royal Tudor, with, but with the more British accent. Yeah. Okay. So, but in that, but in that scenario, Hyder was actually an adult in the child's spot. You know what? It all comes together now. But anyway. <laughs> Arrow was also an adult in a child body. In the little sense, but yes. <laughs> but in this case. The Royal you- Tudor, but now it's just Errol smacking them around with magic. Yeah. <laughs> and randomly okay. Into- now, now, now I have a headcanon that Ariel reincarnated into the royal tutor. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and so, Subasa Chronicles is one hell of a drug. So, so now, like, Clowry just keeps reincarnating over and over and over again. And un- there's a really good cosplay skit from um, I forget what con it is, and um. It's called I Can't Believe It's Not Better. And what it is, is I, I hate to derail this. It's Shaoran explaining to Clow Reed why he can't date Sakura because it's like her cousin because of the reincarnation tree. And the best part oh, of it is he has shit. like. <laughs> You're not, I'm not the only one that realized that, huh? <laughs> like, it's, an, it's, it's like a couple of years old, this skit, but it's hilarious. And it like as any they've got like really it's like this is Clow Reed pulls off a little piece of poster board he died the next one hey what's this and it's just a picture of Yuko from Triple X Holic in a bikini and um, <laughs> Clow is like wait a minute I'll take that and he puts it in his cloak and it's like two for the pre-. and it's like he reincarnated into your father and Ariel and then it just gives like the guy who recorded this had the best had the best voice for this just goes. Two for the price of one. Oh, like oh. I need to send it to you because this thing—it's like a minute and a half long, but it's really funny. But that's a thing that they, Jamal's like, am I the only one who finds this really weird? <laughs> but Jamal, go ahead. No, it's just like I realized it, but I was scared to mention it, so I'm glad you know it too. There, there are some really interesting. Uh, familial dynamics and relationships in this show let's let's say that <laughs> there's a man dating the moon in this show what else do you want i hey, mean hey, it's uh, with, with, i would date the moon if the moon was that hot i mean do, do you see that hair <laughs> we'll co- get to them in a sec we'll get to them in a bit there's a coincidence to be had here with this casting i'll explain off recording but yeah it it's it taking it's taking a while. I mean, yeah, he was not in the show as much, but it's okay from what I remember. Uh, Spinny, you don't hear much of Spinny unless he, he's arguing with Carabelles, which is not much in this arc. But hopefully, if you've seen the the second ending of the show, hopefully it happens in the next arc. <laughs> hopefully, yes. I uh, see. Kaho, well, you did a great job, and uh, for context. If you remember from the sub, Kaho was a student teacher when she met Toya, just to indicate some kind of age. Yeah, so she was like maybe in her 20s. But Moya again did a pretty great job. It's <laughs> nice having her in a, uh, let's say a PG-13 role, let's put it that way. Hmm. Yeah, let's go with that. 
I'm just saying, hey, Love Live is for all ages. And surprisingly, the only character I can remember from the OVA is Ruby Moon. And I thought Alexis did a pretty good job. It's Alexis Tipton. It's always easy to recognize her voice. I mean, I I could never really find a bad performance she's done or anything. So I think she did pretty good in this role. Alright. Um, I'll save Errol for last. Um, uh, Kaho, I thought Morgan Garrett did a really great job. To me, it's, hey, look, Morgan Garrett's doing another hot old lady voice. A uh, hot old, hot, like, adult woman voice. Yay! I've watched... I was like, oh, yay, now it's Magic Akira Mato, so I'm completely cool with this, and I thought she did a really good job. Um, there's a reason I actually mentioned this as one of her roles she plays, uh, and this is why I predicted her as Ruby Moon, was Mitare from Tokonamu, who is actually a guy. Um, you're, a lot of people are going to be like, oh, Mitare from Tokonamu, and they're like, wait a minute, that's a girl. No, that's a dude, guys. That is 100% a guy. He just likes being really cute. Um, and I think that's, uh, Ruby Moon in this show. Hey, there's though nothing Ruby... wrong with being cute. Yeah. Also, be even though Ruby Moon uses the she pronoun, which they, uh, do throughout the show, um, they actually are genderless. Ruby, Ruby Moon actually has no gender. Mm. And I, I like that they, Alexis, I think, kind of kept that spirit in her performance where it's like, forget what's between my legs. I'm just really cute and I'm going to go help Sakura. And Toya, because Ruby Moon really, really wanted to date Toya. And by date, I mean use Moon, use her, use their powers to suck out his magic. Sorry, Ruby, he's got his eyes only on one moon. Um, yeah. They're only full for one moon, if you know what I'm saying. Oh, God. Uh, oh God. Spinnel Sun, Afia, I really like Afia Spinny. Um, and this is going to sound really weird. Is that while she actually does not give Spinnle an accent, Spinnle kind of has a stuffy accent, a stuffy voice. Where, like, there's, like, a little tiny rod shoved up Spinnle's butt. Because Spinnle is uptight. Until Spinnle eats sweets and gets snockered. <laughs> That's a thing. Like, Spinnle gets- Spinnle looks like- I can't say- I'll say it after recording, because I can't be mean. But Spinnel gets drunk on sweets, but Ariel, I can really agree with you guys about the accent thing. Ariel did actually live in England before going to Japan. That's oh, why yeah. I- yeah, that's why I think it's okay that he has the British accent. But, to me, it actually was that he sounded too old to be, like, a middle schooler. Even though, in the Japanese, Ariel does speak with when you, like, look at pronouns and stuff, he is speaking down to them because they are children, and he is half of Cloud Reed, so he thinks he's hot crap. Um, but I do think that it's more or less that the character themselves, the intricacies of how that character talks, doesn't translate to the English language as well as I think we think it does. Where it's like, where people are like, oh, well, this character's British, just give him a British accent. It's like, yeah, but just because they're British doesn't mean you can just give them an accent. And this is the reason why I actually put Nikolai uh, from Empire of Corpses into uh, Micah's thing. Was, he also plays Yuri Kotsky and not- Wow! Yuri Pozetsky! Megan's brain isn't working tonight, guys. I've got, like, a lot of shows to watch. 
uh, Yuri Plisetsky, who also speaks with an accent. And half of the performance of Yuri Plisetsky works, not because Micah did a lot of time working with a Russian vocal coach, but it's the way that the show writes and presents that character. Having him play an angry young Russian punk is a lot easier than, okay, Micah, you're going to come in and play a, a prepubescent British kid who's actually an ancient wizard that's reincarnated into this body, but you have to talk like a little kid, keep a British accent, but also be like, uh, like kind of have a small sense of superiority and age. You're going to have not that many scenes on screen to do it all go. So, mm. while the performance, I can agree, is not the strongest in the show, I do think it grew on me. Because trust me, even at first, I was like, okay, whoa, let's take a step back, Caitlin, come on. Yeah. And then I was like, it's like, okay, whoa, Caitlin, come on, let's let's take a step back. Do you think we're going a little bit too hard on this accent? And then, as I think you really explained it really well, Zenith. It's like, okay, now we're going to do all this, but as compared to the the original anime where Errol's on screen almost constantly for, like, the last third of the show, now Errol's barely going to be on screen. You have to do all... And this is something I think we can say about the whole cast. You're also walking into this show as an actor and actress where you don't get to play 70 episodes worth of your character. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so, I, 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 I wish we would have brought this up earlier, but uh, that's a thing too. Micah doesn't get the advantage of being on the screen that much to really solidify the character, and he is a really. And this is a say. Well, a lot of people are like, "Oh, you're making a lot of excuses." Trust me, he's he's done performances I don't like. I still don't like his performance in Suka Suka. Or World End. I did not like him in that. I thought he was very bland for... It was a very bland performance. But then again, I think that's more of the fault of the show, not him. But, um... I do think that it's a challenge performance. Could it be a little bit better? I think if the character had more screen time, it would probably help. But I can completely see where all the criticism is coming from. Mm -hmm. Are we good to move on to the next group of characters? I am ready. Yeah. Yeah. Alright, so we're gonna move on to... The new transfer student who is totally not shady and involved in the mysterious dreams that Sakura is having at all, guys. Right? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> so there is Akiho Shinimoto, a very prim and proper transfer student who has lived in all sorts of places like Hong Kong and England and France and Italy. And there is her mysterious butler, Yuna D. Kaito, who is very formal, makes the tea, has a really, really nice stopwatch that this show really likes to focus on in shots. You can't see it, but I'm awkwardly trying to wink my eyes, and I can't do it without, like, half my face twitching. <laughs> Suspicious. Suspicious. Um, hmm, well, it's two I, months into the semester. Let's have a transfer student and have it be mysterious. Because anime has never done that. 
So I have pred two predictions for each person. Uh, Jamal and Roots. Um, yeah, I actually do have predictions. I have none because I before I knew we would do the first core review, I thought we were just going to do the first three or so episodes. <laughs> So I ah, so you didn't do Akiho. Okay, I I had had her predicted from because I knew like oh I looked at I looked at a lot of A and articles. It's like oh yeah we're casting these two new characters and their designs are way too nice to be background characters. <laughs> You're you have nice seiyus attached to you. <laughs> Your designs are way too nice Something to be like insul ancillary. Something tells me you're key to the plot. Haha, <laughs> key to the plot. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> insert, like, insert the awkward Fenico laugh from Agresco right here. Um, <laughs> Jamal, I meant Brutes, go ahead. Alright, so... I kind of wanted to make a Black Butler reference here, but oh, not the God. obvious one. Because I, like... Megan had told me, hey, you, you should probably predict these characters who just came out, so... I... That that was the direction I decided to go, and... Watching it in the Japanese... Neither Brina Palencia nor J. Michael Tatum kind of fit. And, of course, the dub was also going on around this time, so I knew... Jason Douglas wasn't going to be available for the Black Butler 2 reference... So I just kind of winged it with um, Akiho. I am pre I predicted as uh, Lucy Christian, and again because I couldn't pick uh, Jason Douglas, I went a little more obscure with the Black Butler references here and uh, went with Brandon McInnes. Okay, <laughs> my predictions for Akiho were Sarah Wiedenhoff because hey, Sarah Wiedenhoff can can do things. And she can do quiet, quieter girl voices. And then I also did Brina Palencia because I knew that this character would have to sing. And Brina Palencia was actually a pretty soft-spoken character in Triple X Holic, known as the Zakashi Wadashi. And then my predictions for Unity Kaito, one of them was Micah Solasad, and the other one was completely based off the Seiyu. And I picked Austin Tindall because he's played by Natsuki Hayane. I do it! <laughs> Did you look up the Seiyu? No, because when you started talking about Seiyu, I was like, it's going to be Natsuki Hanai, isn't it? <laughs> Am I that easy to read? Yes. In the words of Yuri Kotsky, I'm going to go crawl up under a rock and die. <laughs> At least I got that Yuri on Ice reference right. Um. So, I... <laughs> I'm really mad at you now, <laughs> Roots of Justice. Akiho Shinamoto is played by Amanda Lee, and Yunoti Kaito is played by Brandon McGinnis. Really? I, what can I say? So you go for an obscure Black Butler joke, and you picked his boyfriend. <laughs> yeah. That was the only thing I could think of, because my other decision was going to come up. Boy! <laughs> Boy! Yep, that's the thing. Amanda Lee plays Krush in Overlord Season 2, Elle Adams in Rio Rainbow Gate, and Otohime in One Piece. Brandon McGinnis plays Corteo, he who lost his Skittles in 91 Days, Selen in Show by Rock Season 2, 
and Ken Sudo in Classroom of the Elite. And yes, I made this Corteo reference for a reason, and I will get to that story. Y'all want to know where Voice Actor Fight Club came from? <laughs> My mom just banged on the door because I was yelling. Anyway, Roots of Justice, go ahead, you betrayer. Um, I thought that... I thought they were fine. Um, th neither of them really get much to do yet. Honestly, I'm a I'm a little kind of peeved that the OP switch happened at episode thirteen because there's like stuff in there that implies the mysterious nature of these two characters. Oh, and um, by the way. <clears throat> Megan, I do believe you kind of forgot to mention something about Yuna and a certain initial initial you know, D. Oh my god. Deja vu, I have been to this place before. <laughs> I will talk about it when I get to it, you whore. <laughs> okay, um, yeah, there. Please don't cut that one out. That's the only adult. That's our second PG thirteen joke. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the like they do really well as the characters that you don't really want to have seen as mysterious until like not quite the moment they're up to shady stuff, but you <clears throat> like maybe an episode or two before they. You know, they're, like, they're secretly doing something behind the scenes. Um, I, I thought the both of them did a really good job with that. And, um, specifically, Brandon McGinnis did a really good job sort of playing a caregiver character, which is something I really haven't seen him do yet. And I... <clears throat> like... I, I really get impressed when I see actors do performances of things that, you know, they're, it doesn't seem like they're accustomed to. I, it's probably something they've done on like stage or elsewhere outside of anime, but you know, in the realm of anime where I, I have been able to see it, it it's a refreshing change of pace and I will pass it on to uh, Zenith. Um, well, I think both of them did a great job, but I do have to give a special attention to Akiho, because this this character is one of the few in the dub that was voiced perfectly from the very first episode. I think a Akiho um, is amazingly well-voiced. Um, one of my favorites. Uh, there, there's uh, another character who we'll get to later on um, who I think is is just as good. Um, but the thing is, Akiho um, is voiced really, really well, but also sounds the age of the character. And I think it does a great job of really um, meshing with the universe of Cardcaptor Sakura. Because, again, this is a new character, but, you know, it fits in with everyone else. And it sounds perfectly natural. It sounds like they've been doing it the entire time. Um, so, like, both of them are great. But I really, really like Akiho's performance. So it's like, I, 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 more of this voice actor, please. All right, then. Let's start off 
Brandon McInnes is you know. Never really heard him play this type of role, but he was certainly one hell of a butler. Uh, Boo! <laughs> oh, bite me. <laughs> yeah. Did you just do that in the Sebastian voice to me? Well, yes, I did. And now my Sebastian voice is gone. But yeah, they did, they did a pretty good job. I never heard either of them these roles before, especially Amanda Lee, because Amanda Lee, the only role I really known her for was actually for real Rainbow Gate, and I should know because I own the Blu-ray. You're but, welcome. Yeah. But yeah, she's, she sounded like a breath of fresh air, and she sounded like... A younger actress, a younger version of an actress, we'll get to later. But I thought she she did very well for. I want to say probably her first biggest role, but I'm not sure if she had a, a bigger one before this. Cause I when I hear Madeline and Cyber Dubs, it's usually either big characters or song covers or something. I. I, I don't I, know. That's just me. There's a song. There's a song thing I want to bring up, but I need to save it for another episode. Yeah, please do. Oh no, trust me, it's being brought up. <laughs> yeah, so I think they both did a pretty good job of these roles. I mean, to be honest, the whole shady thing, I didn't really suspect until... What, Sakura and Tomoyo go in the library? And then, and then that whole pocket watch thing, that's when it hit me. That's, they, they focus way too much on that pocket watch. And it's very obvious why, if you pay attention to viewers... I think that's for that. That's all they have to say. All right, so let's let's have story time with Megan. Hold this on. This is the story of voice actor fight club. Hold on, let me get my lasagna. Why? Why lasagna? You'll find out. Is it because this is going to be saucy? Megan, when you finish ninety-one days. You'll oh find no! Out. No! 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 Stop reminding me that. I'll be honest, I haven't even finished 91 Days, so I don't know what it's about. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. Everyone's like, don't watch the lasagna clip out of context, just watch the show for the lasagna thing. Anyway, so, voice actor fight club. So, last December, I, I got to go to Holiday, uh, Holiday Matsuri for a day, which is a con that is in Orlando that's um, themed around Christmas and the holidays. And uh, two of the guests were Brandon and Tatum. And nobody was going up to Brandon. Or very few people were. So I just kind of just sat and talked to him. So I was like, man, Tatum's going to be really busy in the spring season. And he's like, oh, why? I'm like, well, like, Steins Gate's coming back and My Hero and Tokyo Ghoul. Da, da, da. And he's like, oh, so you can really keep a, tr a lot of track of this because he's, he's watched the Gamers episode. And he always reminds me he watched it going to Ikea. Um, and he also knows that I specifically held off waiting for Yuna to show up to this episode. Um, so I said, yeah, no, they're doing a, a dub of Cardcaptor Sakura, and we just, uh, I think that Funimation got it. And he's like, I would love to be in that show. It's like, man, I probably predicted you as something. It's like, it's like just bust down the door to the director and be like, Who, hey, let me in. It's, he's like, do you know how many people at the office want that? I'm like, oh, that's when you just set up a ring of like chairs outside and a bunch of knives and have voice actor fight club. <laughs> So, uh, congratulations, Brandon, on getting in this show. I'm a prophet. I am <laughs> um, I am still upset that we didn't have time to actually see, well, for me to see Brandon McGinnis there, because uh, 
I, I remember you coming to me like afterwards. I, I, it was like I was like, yeah, come with me, and then like n- we can never find time to bring you. It's I- like, yeah, come over. He likes the gamers episode. I'm like the one episode I hosted. Like, yeah, I, Brandon, if you're watching this, thank you. That that was one of my favorite episodes to do. So thank you. Actually, truth be told, I, I think it was because you had told me the story of uh, uh, Voice Actor Fight Club that may have also played a factor in why I predicted him as well. Really? I am a prophet. Anyway, no, Brandon does a really good job as Yuna, and I think he really does kind of channel Tatum through himself. <laughs> um, channel your inner Sebastian. He was all those cats in Black Butler Book of Circus, so that's how he got the Butler powers. Um, <laughs> yes, that's right. He was all of the cats in Black Butler. Um, in the in at least Book of Circus. All uh, of but them. All all of the cats. Um, like that's no, really cool. But no, this is the reason why I don't trust you. This is why I trust Yuna about as far as I can throw the boy. I've watched enough Tsubasa Chronicles to know that if you have the initial D in your name, some really freaky crap happens to you. Like, it was never in the anime, but Phi went through some U- S- uh, some sweet honey iced tea. And that's why I think that something shady gonna go down. I like the acronym. <laughs> Thank you, Crispin Freeman. Um, Crispin, get out of my bedroom! What are you doing here? Because I'm Crispin Freeman and you're Larry Lowenthal and somehow I'm in your house again. Oh, oh, five dollars for anybody who knows that. But for me, Akiho is kind of really interesting for me. And uh, I think Amanda Lee does a really great job not only playing her, she really nails a lot of the mannerisms down because it is said that Akiho speaks more politely than a normal little girl of her age. She is very, very... There's something kind of otherworldly about her to me because of all of the things. Like, you eventually realize that she is the girl in the dreams that's trying to steal Sakura's card from her because they keep kind of alluding at it like, oh, the figure in the dreams is the exact same height as Sakura. Uh, are their names sound alike? They act very similar. They it, Akiho kind of looks like her mom, Nadeshko. Um, but for me, the biggest thing is that Akiho's singing voice very, very easily harmonizes with who plays Tomoyo in her singing voice. And like I mentioned before, I'm not a really big fan of dubbed songs in anime. Um, Like I said, there's a lot of things that go into it. But this is one of the few times that I'm actually like super, super okay with it. I think it's mostly because the songs in this happen to be light piano accompaniment in acapella. Mm. There doesn't seem like there's a lot of, like, there's not, like, drums. It's not, like... It's not a full production. To give an example, this isn't like they're trying to dub the songs in Love Live. Yeah. Which, yeah, like, no offense to anybody who wants the songs dubbed in Love Live. That's an entire different mess of legal battles that will never, ever be solved. Um, I was a little bit worried how Amanda Lee would sing this. If uh, you don't know, she is Lian Lee on YouTube. Is that Amelie on YouTube? And while I think that Amelie has a beautiful singing voice, I'm not 100% a really big fan of some of her covers. And it does play into a little bit of my own bias about how certain songs are played. 
And this is actually something I, I kind of wanted to bring it up when Zen said that she had watched a lot of the sub. Um, there's a really good video by the cartoon Cypher about biases in what you watch, sub or dub. And that does a little bit play into me with anime music or stuff that's like openings and endings and why I'm really picky about covers. But I can't say anything but nice things about Amanda Lee as an actress and a singer in the show. Because she knocks it out of the park. Mm-hmm. And that's my speech. Uh, also be Brandon's really good. I can't wait till Kaito starts actually doing like awful shady magic stuff. Uh, because I want to hear Brandon McGinnis be evil. <laughs> um, <laughs> please let Brandon McGinnis play a really evil villain in another show. Thank you, please. Uh, so are we ready to move on? Mm -hmm. Let's do it. Yep. Is everybody ready to learn about the first time somebody fell in love with the moon? <laughs> <laughs> you, you you mean the the moment that everyone became gay? Does that, everybody who's ready to learn about baby's first gay couple <laughs> in anime? I I. I literally have it written down as, like, these are my group names. There's the school friends, the families, Team England, totally not shady new kids in all caps, then the gays. <laughs> okay, like, legitimately though, but we are talking about Toya Kinamoto, Sakura's older brother, who is a, a an awesome older brother. To let you understand, he does make fun of his sister like any older brother. He keeps her secret without letting her know. And at one point, he tried to throw down with a preteen <laughs> over her honor. Kill, kill, bill music. Thank you, Zach. Thank Wasn't you, Zachary, it, like, who twice? is twice. Yeah, multiple times. Like they will fist fight each other. But like most prominently, it's like the second episode. Shaoran, like I think it's actually in episode eight when Shaoran shows up for the first time. That uh, he tries to get the cards out of Sakura and yeah. Toya hears. And he, like, jumps a fence and tries to kung fu fight <laughs> this kid. And the thing is, I was talking to Andrew. And he's like, so is it really true that Shaoran tries to throw down? I had to go on Crunchyroll and get him a clip of this. <laughs> that Toya really did try to fight Tiny Shaoran. <laughs> And the only reason he stopped was because Yukito, a.k.a. Yukito Tsukishiro, jumped the fence and gave him meat buns. <laughs> and Shaoran ran away because moon magic. Uh, but not only is that, Yukito is also the host body of Yue, the guardian of the moon of the Cloud Book, who is beshown in his <coughs> heck and may or may not have caused things in me. <laughs> Yue is really pretty. Like, Really pretty, guys. He is very, very Bishonen. And also be thank you to the new art style for getting rid of his Dorito chin. Oh, that's right. That is a thing, isn't it? Yeah, guys. Jamal and Zen. Yeah. Jamal. Dorito. UA's Dorito chin. Um, well, they, they definitely made him more rounder in, in this version, and I think it helps UA... But Toya's weird. <laughs> it's like they they, they made yeah. they made UA hotter, which you know you you might think how is that possible? It's po if it ain't it's possible. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. We fixed it. Oh God, what did you do? It's so better. Yeah. <laughs> and then Toya Toya just feels he's less like angular, but also he seems like 
too slim because I felt like he was he was more bulky in the original simply because when he gave up his magic, he gave up his girth. He he gave up like ninety percent of his body mass. <laughs> Molly, are you okay? <laughs> God damn it. Paul, are you okay? I, phrasing, Megan. Phrasing. He didn't. I never said he gave up his girth down there. <laughs> and that kid right? is how you. Jamal, are you, you okay? Yeah. <laughs> So, predictions for Toya and Yukito slash UA. Uh, yeah, I, um, for the most part, this is where we start getting into the, uh, the Tsubasa crossover characters. Um. Well, technically the dad was, too. The dad was in Tsubasa Chronicles. That's why uh, I had Kevin Totally. Okay, um, okay, so, this is where the, the Tsubasa Reservoir Chronicles crossover characters start coming into play and for the most part my predictions kept them in where i could so um toya is eric vale and uh ua is robert mccollum Mm -hmm. but in sort of the opposite thing of what i did with uh spiral sun and and caro i actually chose different predictions for uh, UA and Yukito. So, uh, like, um, UA is Robert McCollum, and I had predicted Justin Briner as Yukito. Jamal? Uh, give me a second. Yeah, so I had three for each. Uh, I figured Toya, you need someone that's kind of a troll. So I had Austin, I had Eric, I also had Eric Vale. Now, Yukito is kind of interesting. So I look at the character design and how Yukito acts. I mean, he... Well, first off, I had Steven Fu and Josh Greeley because I figured, you know, you want someone who can easily do a soft-spoken character, but, you know... It's pretty much easygoing as well. But when I look at the character design, I think to myself, he's tall, he's skinny, and he eats a lot. And this is going to play into an anecdote later on. But I had Justin Bryder. <laughs> Justin Bryder is tall and skinny. <laughs> I-, I swear to you, there's a funny anecdote. Especially considering the casting, but we'll get to that. Uh, my predictions for Toya and Yukito and Yue, I had both Robert and Eric as the fallbacks. Like, hey, if we're gonna do the thing with crossovers, just put him there. Uh, but my prediction for Toya was actually Dave Matranga. And my prediction for Yukito, because he said he wanted to be in the show, uh, this is actually where I put Brandon. Oh. This is where I put Brandon McGinnis. Because, um, Yukito and Yue are both played by the same person in the Japanese, and, uh, Zenith I need you to sit down for this one. Hey, Zen? Yeah, Zen. Yes, yes, sorry. I'm, I'm dealing with my cat in the background. <laughs> She's being a little baddie. Oh, she, so, she, did you notice who actually plays um, uh, Yugito in the Japanese? Uh, no, I did not. I, I recognize the English voice. 
Obviously, the English you'll, you'll, is very obvious, but no, I'm surprised you actually, like, didn't really know. Oh, in... I didn't watch the. I, I, know have, who I haven't. It is. I haven't. No, the Japanese. I haven't watched. I, um, I, I know who it is in the Japanese. I haven't listened to the sub yet. Can, no, this is from the no, old show too. Can I? Can I tell her? Because I think I remember. Who um, it is. the old the old show does sound familiar though. Um, Jamal, who do you think it is? It's Megumi Ogata. Yeah. Who also voices Makoto Daegi and Nagito Komeda. Those two names should sound familiar to you, Zed. Uh, the, di- the difference is, and the reason why I don't uh, recognize the voices, I've never played Danganronpa in Japanese. I've only played the English. Oh, okay. I was surprised. I, I thought you had played it. That's why. No, yeah. Like, I always keep saying to myself, oh, I'm wait, going wait, wait. to do it. But Wait, like, wait, wait. You saw Danganronpa 3's Despair arc, right? Yes. Only in English? She sings the ending song. Okay. Okay. Yeah, she's also, I think, Shinji from Ava in the Japanese. Yeah. Mm hmm. Yeah, but we're here to talk about the English dub. Um, and. <laughs> thank you, Caitlin. Um, <laughs> thank you for this gift. <laughs> Taya Kinemoto is played by one. King, King Supreme Explosion Nerd himself, Clifford Chapin, and Justin Breiner is playing both Yukito and Yue. Clifford Chapin, you will know as characters such as Tiger in Puzzles and Dragons X, Keita Suabaki, Suabuki in Good Luck Girl, uh, Justin Breiner, you'll know as Michaela Hiyaki in Seraph of the End, and Luck Voltia in Black Clover, and you'll also know them as Kotsuki Bakugo and Izuku Midoriya in My Hero Academia. And here's where the anecdote comes into play. Here's where the anecdote comes into play, because last year when they did those little inside the episode things, I saw a picture of the two just sitting together, and I commented, I was like, hey, Justin looks like he needs a sandwich and Cliff looks like he's working out. And then YJ uh, replies to me, he says, Stop thinking shame with Justin. Stop encouraging Cliff. <laughs> and then weeks later, we brought that back up, and Cliff was like, "Why Chang would say that about me?" He's like, "Yeah, to stop you from noticing." I was like, "You do get a room." He's like, "Ain't no room for all this love, baby." <laughs> <laughs> so, by the way, if you don't know, Toy and Yukito are very much gay. Um, for each other. Um. So everyone's everyone's like, "Nah, it's just subtext." Who's ready for a story about JoJo's Bizarre Adventure? Oh, this ought to be fun. Oh, boy. <laughs> Prepare I have been waiting to tell this story Prepare for so yourself, long. lady and gentlemen. <sighs> I this love doing trip. this. I love doing this to people. So back in the day, before they became, like, really big manga artists, Clamp used to draw a lot of doujinshi. And one of them is very, very infamous. Kakuin! Did you lay this egg? <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Did, did I hear that right? Lay <laughs> yes. this... Kakuin, did you lay this egg? Yare yare daze. In which, out of the egg... Pops the child of Kakuin and Jotaro. Oh, 
Hakuina Jotaro's egg is a meme that spawned from Clamp in Wonderland 1994 summer issue. It is basically, in the story, Jotaro and Kakuin get married, and for some reason, Kakuin lays an egg. Out comes jo Jotakujo, a child that grows faster than, uh, goes. <laughs> oh my god, this article! Out comes a child named Jotakujo, a child that grows faster than mold on a ten-year-old sandwich. Jota also has a chimney star platinum named Charmy Green. What the fuck? No, sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. No, that's a thing that happened. That's a thing that clamped through. It's clamp. We don't gotta explain anything. Thing. What is this, guy next? Yes. Actually, it's Madhouse. Anyway, uh, so, uh, Roots of Justice, because you're not dead inside, start talking about the boys. Alright, so I, I really love this casting because... Like, in case you didn't find it, <clears throat> in case the description didn't let it on already, the two are basically Deku and Bakugo already. Like, it, it's... Except, you know, Bakugo and, and Deku aren't the ones fighting, it's <clears throat> who we'll get to at the end of the show, but... You know, it, like, you can still tell that the dynamics of both of those characters are here. And I I, I really like <clears throat> Clifford Chapin, in particular, juggling between the Toya who kind of bullies his sister around a lot. And then when he talks about her to, um, to, y <clears throat> to Yukito, like, it's a much more caring tone. Like, he he genuinely cares about Sakura, but at the same time, he doesn't want her to know it. And I think Clifford does an excellent job of portraying that. And I do like, uh, I do like that uh, Justin Brenner can take the, the subtle differences of uh, Yukito and Yue and and play around with both characters in in ways that you can and, and give them both their own identity i guess is is the words i'm looking for <clears throat> like that that is a very impressive feat it and the thing about it is neither of them seem particularly hokey compared to the other cuz that's that's the problem I sometimes find with uh, with dubs where you have to have one actor play two aspects of a character. Usually one will get priority over the other. <clears throat> and uh, I, I'm really happy to hear that that it's really not the case here. Like both both of them are distinct. Both of them are really well done. Kudos to both of you. I am passing this on to Zen. Okay, so, um, it's time to talk about another character that was completely perfect to the entire show and deserves all of your love. Okay, first of all, Justin Briner, I don't know how you did it, but you managed to make this into, uh, like, Yukito and Yue are perfect. Perfect. 
100%. I have nothing... I, I have nothing really to add aside from the fact that um, this is exactly what I wanted them both to sound like. Um, Yuki, Yukito is the perfect amount of of upbeat and happy um, while also like worried about Toya and everything going on, whereas Yue is the perfect amount of fabulous but also uh, concerned and able to help in a pinch. Like, th this is what I wanted precisely from UA, and UA's one of the characters that you really needed to get right, and they did that. I am extremely thankful that uh, Justin Briner did a fantastic job in this role because, um, one, he plays it hot, and um, it, it just did a great job. Cliff, um, really good job as Toya. My only complaint is is the kind of the same thing that I have with the father, where the redesign changed him, and it's kind of weird hearing that voice coming out of that frame. Um, but Cliff, great job. I'm sorry, just the art design kind of hampers it a little bit for me. Jamal, if you're not dead. Um. Yeah. Uh, first off, I gotta give bad props to Caitlin for this casting. I see what she did there. <laughs> oh, trust me, she made the joke too. <laughs> yeah, right now she's probably looking at this, just blushing, going, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> but yeah, to break this down, Justin was perfect as Yukito. Like, I, because I, now that I'm more familiar with his rage, he, he matches both to play the subtle aspects as well as the diverse aspects of both Yukito and Yue very well. I mean, I, I guess it's like, how do I compare this? It's like, I guess Deku is a good example because there are times where he can be like really exciting, kind of carefree, but there can also be times where he's very serious and he uses a different voice for that. And I, I really like it. Cliff, on the other hand. Deku. <laughs> here's the funny thing. Showron! Deku. Here's the, <laughs> here's the funny thing. What? What? And, and this is kind of a coincidence, because I did not intend for this, but when I first listened to the sub, Toya in the Japanese sounded like a 30-year-old man playing a high school troll who was secretly caring. What? I, yeah, because he sounded a little too... He sounded too old for the character. True. Whereas in the English, Cliff is a 30-year-old man playing a high school troll who was secretly caring. And in that case, it works. <laughs> it's, it's like you have pretty much two of the same idea. It just works out differently, you know? I'd say both halves are the same coin, but uh, I don't know. All I know is Cliff did a very good job playing Cliff. Clifford just plays himself in this show. Exactly. That's the point <laughs> I was getting at. I mean, things Cliff are just literally plays himself. Yeah, I mean, things are shaping up for Cliff, you know. I'll let that one. Happen. I'll let you have that one. Yeah, it's a at, fun at, video. At, at least this gives him a break from my hero academia, where he just pretty much goes Deku for over an hour. Ah! Deku, Deku, suck I just it like down. when they're. I just like when they're. I just like when they're cooking in in episode like forty one, and it's just like, can you please use less explosions? And I just have you ever seen the gif of that sloth that's sitting in the chair? And it just goes, how about 
No. <laughs> and it's just like, someone just needs to Photoshop Bakugo's head onto that. Uh, uh but no, let's talk about... <laughs> oh, man. Oh, God. Holy... <laughs> oh, like, like, 13-year-old me is so happy right now. Like, man, UA is aesthetics. Like, I live for white-haired anime boys. They usually just don't live for me. <laughs> oh. Yep. Oh, now I see what you did there. White-haired anime boys are like ponytail moms. They don't make it very far. I has a sad now. No, no, that I think that's side braid, that ponytail. Oh, side t- side braid mom. Never mind. Thank you. But like, man, Justin Brenner was perfect. Like, mm, I'm so happy. Like, like, oh my god! I was like, ah, you are so so good. Like, this... <laughs> and on this day, every dog in a three-mile radius was give- received a grave reminder. <laughs> but, like, like, man, man, this is like when I heard Makoto in free in English for the first time. Oh, so good. But, like, man, differentiating Yukito and Yue is such a very intricate line as an actor. Especially when you have to do it immediately. Because, like, when you watch the show, I think Yue doesn't show up for, like, 20-some-odd episodes, if I remember right. Like I said, I've watched the show. It's been a little bit. Uh, I um, think at least 35 or so. Yeah, Yue takes a hot minute to show up. So, Yukito as a personality is already established. Now you're adding this new part. Then he becomes aware of it. And is completely conscious of that other side of him and has to act like he doesn't have it there with certain people and he does with others. Also, B, there's this great scene in episode 13, and I'm sorry to spoil this, where uh, Toya and uh, Yukito are having this really great conversation. And I think it demonstrates the line between Yue and Yukito very well, where they're talking and then all of a sudden, in the middle of the conversation, because Toya is kind of shutting out Yukito as his friend and slash boyfriend, I guess. Um, Yukito's body just lifts up off the porch, goes floating out, turns around, and he turns into Yue. And Yue's like, why won't you tell me things anymore, Toya? <laughs> and Toya's like, time's not right. Half the time I expect Toya to just, like, take a swig of whiskey. Um... <laughs> But I love Cliff Chapin as Toya because he really does blend- This is a lot more mellow of a character than I think I've ever personally seen Clifford play, except for maybe Yaman Bagiri. But even then, Yaman Bagiri's kind of a dork. Um, Toya goes- Toya is like the world's most laid-back troll on the Earth. He messes with his little sister, but he would totally throw down against a 12-year-old. Um... And I think Clifford really nails that. And I like Cl- getting Cliff to see char- playing characters like this. He's played a high school guy before. I think all of us have seen gamers where Brandon McGinnis almost Mufasa's him off a bridge. <laughs> um, 
Long live the king! I am a real gamer! Ah! Uh, so I, I genuinely enjoyed both performances. I thought they were fantastic. So, uh, let's move on to the support team, which would be Tomoyo Daijoji, Sakura's BFF and cousin, who has a weird thing for dressing her up in costumes and videotaping everything she does. There's a word I'm not gonna use, but let's just say she's a real camera enthusiast. Hey, Tomoyo is the best girl of the franchise. I will hear no arguments. She is the gayest and sweetest person I have ever seen in an anime, and you do not badmouth her camera obsession. Apparently, if you're, like, back in the day, like, 1990s, like, newspaper, they were like, Tomoyo's a little too much for this show. And I'm just like, <laughs> you know what? You're wrong. And Caro, who is the guardian of the cloud for the sun, he may look like a cute, adorable flying lion stuffed animal, but he actually turns into a ginormous lion with wings and it's kind of badass. Um, so, predictions for Caro and Tomoyo. Okay, yeah, I, um, uh, for Tomoyo, there was actually a second actress who was really excited at the announcement of Funimation picking up Cardcaptor Sakura, and <clears throat> I, like Chris McGuire, I really wanted to stick her into my predictions. I didn't quite know where, but I, I figured it, it took a little while, because, uh, Tomoyo, of course, had an actress in Tsubasa who really doesn't voice act for Funimation all that much anymore, so I wasn't sure. So, near the point where the the dub was about to start, I'm just like, okay, you know what? I'll, I'll put her in, in the role of Tomoyo, and let's see what happens. And that was Megan Shipman. And as I mentioned before... With uh, Spinel's son, I kind of went with the route of <clears throat> for the for the transforming cat characters. I I wanted a single actor to play both, and unintentionally, I did something kind of funny here, where it ended up being Todd Habercorn. I did the twins for Moron by accident. Womp womp. Alright, Jamal? Uh, let's see. For, for Tomoyo, I also went the route Roots took, but with different actress. With different actresses, actually. So, my first two were actually Monica Rial and Natalie Hoover. But I also had a third prediction because I heard her play a little girl recently that I was kind of surprised that was her. That was Amberly Carter's. And Roots, if you remember Rob Robbins, you remember that character. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Better up. <laughs> the, the, you have I, no oh. idea how much joy it made me that I was able to use the Randy Johnson exploding a bird <laughs> gift. I was going to make a joke, but I, I don't want to mention the word murder, so. <laughs> oh. This As, isn't for kids. People can die if they are killed. All right, here we go. Charged with murder. Yeah, I think you should. I think you should say you're good with killing here, and 
and also no. torture. Don't teach my daughter words like that. <laughs> As for Carol, I also had Monica. But I also had Marissa Letty because Marissa Letty she expressed a lot of interest in playing animal characters recently, too. Like, she plays every tiger ever. And surprisingly, a cat clock in the audio sequel. I also had Jill Harris because I figured, you know, with her range, I'd. I'd I would like to hear, like, it's somewhat of a little deeper voice, you know. I mean, Carol's kind of boyish in his puppet form, let's put it that way. I don't have nothing... Wait, you mentioned he has an alternate form, right? Yeah. Yes, he turns into the giant lion. Okay, see, I didn't know that, and I got spoiled for that one, but it's all good. Alright, so I had uh, two predictions, one of them being the Tsubasa Chronicles fallback. So my main prediction, because Tomoe, uh, yeah, for Caro, actually both these have their uh, fallbacks. So for Caro, uh, my main prediction actually was Damon Mills, because Damon Mills can do anything. And I knew that he would have to go between little form and big form at some point in time in the show. Uh, so my fallback one's actually a little strange. It's Chris Kaysen. Because Chris Kaysen was the dude that was in Subasa Chronicles, and Chris Kaysen can do an annoying little mascot voice. I've watched Negima. <laughs> um, and he could do the big dude voice. So my Tomoyo, my fallback, obviously, like I mentioned before, was Trina Nishimura. She did play her in The Princess and the Bird, uh, sorry, in Spring Thunder, which was the later, the last OVA to come out. Um, but based off the tweet, I saw this, uh, this person there. And I was like, okay, they're going to be involved in the show some way, somehow. I actually thought they were going to be the assistant director. So did I. I. Um, so I predicted Natalie Hoover because I saw it's like, oh, hey, she's working with Caitlin on something. So she's either in it or she's the assistant director. So um, playing Caro Barros in his small form, Caro-chan is Michaela Krantz. Playing Caro Barros in his large form, it is Christopher Sabat. And playing Tomoyo Daidoji is Natalie Hoover. Natalie Hoover has played characters such as Sonya Nevermind from Danganronpa 2 and Do both Danganronpa 3 animes. She is Tsukino in Show by Rock both seasons. And she is Lady S in Kickheart. Caro, or Michaela Krantz, is Rosia in both seasons of Show by Rock. Clementine in Overlord. And she is Irina Shindo slash Tail Yellow in Gotta Be the Twin Tails. And Carol Barros is played by small independent actor Christopher Sabat, who has never done any anime in his entire life. Thank you, Caitlin Glass, for giving him this opportunity to shine. Okay, that's a lie. We all know who Chris Sabat is. But he, other roles he's done is Nagasone Kotetsu from Token Rambu Hanamaru and Zoku from Token Rambu Hanamaru. Uh, he is All Might in My Hero Academia, and he is Kurogane in all of Subasa Chronicles. So, uh, Patrick, Brutes, start us off. Alright, so... I I have to say that... I While I do really like uh, Natalie Hoover's voice in other... <clears throat> in other roles in other shows... This is actually, probably in my opinion... The role that her voice actually kind of most fit into... Like, like it's it was similar to the one she she used for um, Occubus Trip, and I I liked it there, but like 
I, I, I have no other way to describe it, but it, <clears throat> like, this is, this is like one of those getting the square peg into the square hole. Like, it, 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 it was just, uh, probably one of the most perfect castings of the show. <clears throat> she does the, uh, she does the doting on Sakura really well. She does the, uh, <laughs> she, she does the excitement whenever she gets to put Sakura in a new costume really, really well. And it, like, it, it's just magical. And I also like Michaela Cranston's as Kerberos because she's able to pull off the energy and the, and the spunkiness really, really well. But in particular... <laughs> Like Christopher Sabat's performance as as the bigger form of uh, Caro, like it is the ultimate embodiment of those pictures of lions in like the little fruit boxes with the "if it fits, I sits." Like that, that is the what I think of when I think of whenever Chris Sabat gets to speak as uh, as Caro. Like in particular, like the. Um, he was on a Skype call with Yue over, like, matters involving Sakura, and when she gets back in the room, he's just like, oh, hey, Yue, let's play an online game. And then he just hangs up, and then, and then uh, Kerberos just gives this dramatic face, and it's, it's the best thing ever. And, like, honestly, these, these are probably three of my favorite performances of the show, bar none. And, um, I will pass it on to Zen, because I really don't have much more to say on the matter. Alright, um, so, first things first, uh, I am familiar with, uh, Tomoya's voice actor, mostly from Danganronpa 2 and, uh, the Danganronpa 3 animation, and simply because she plays Sonya Nevermind, and I love her as Sonya, um, well, I thought initially the performance was a little too old for the character. Um, I still think this is a, perf a perfect performance. After a little bit with her lines, she actually made her voice sound younger. And it's just, it does a good job of the, this shy, reserved Tomoyo um, almost matching the sub beat for beat with her, vo for, with her vocal tone and performance. And just the energy that she brings about in every single line of dialogue is simply, simply perfect. I really think that Tomoyo is is one of the top performances of this dub because, you know, she really embodies this character. And if Tomoyo was gotten wrong, I would have had fighting words because Tomoyo is my favorite character in the show. Um, but yeah, like she she is. Out of out of the entire cast, like there there are uh, like th three or four perfect performances, and aside from maybe like a hiccup in the in the beginning, I think she did fantastic. I'm sorry, but I cannot agree about Kerberos. Kerberos, ah, uh, it got better after the first two episodes. But I found this goddamn annoying. Now, to be fair, Kerberos could be a little bit annoying in the sub as well. 
back, you know, back in the day. Um, but the thing is, I don't think the voice fits the character model. At least even even when times where uh, you know the character was annoying in the original sub, it fit with the character model. Here, it's just it's too. It's not high pitched enough. Like it doesn't. It, it. I don't think it fits. In the guardian form, yes. But as as Caro as Caro Chan, a lot of there are times where it works um, when he tones it down a little bit. But when he's going all out and he's acting, really playing up that annoying factor, I just don't like it. I I don't like it at all. Yeah, see, I'm gonna have to disagree with you there, because McKenna Class manages to play up Carol's energy very well, and yeah, I mean, Carol can be full of it sometimes, he can also be full of cake as well, but that's a different story. But I like how she was able to remain ambiguous while maintaining that high amount of energy, because that is not an easy feat to do, and McKenna Class seems to be known for that. As hopefully we, I can discuss in another show, but that's another story. Uh, Guardian Caro, I don't really hear much of, but I don't know if it was maybe played the safe a little, because, you know, I mean, starting off, Chris Sabin maybe sounded a little like a surfer dude when he's trying to show off to Mei Ling, but I'm wondering, like, when the time comes to it, like, you know, is he going to sound manly like a lot of his manlier characters, you know? Whereas with Tomoyo, it is perfect right to the T. And I'm going to reiterate what I said earlier about Akiho. Because I was trying to say Amanda Lee sounds like a younger Natalie Hoover. Whereas here, Natalie Hoover sounds like a higher pitched Amanda Lee. To the point, to me, if you swapped the two around, you would barely notice the difference. And I thought it worked very well. <laughs> she manages to play off of Tomoyo's uh, aspects, if you will. Like, seriously, if you film someone, you should ask for their consent, you know? <laughs> hey, there, there is consent. It's, you know, it's it's not... It's unspoken. It's unspoken, but there is consent. And, I mean, she wouldn't hang with Tomoyo if she didn't love her. I mean, she might not love her the way, you know, Tomoyo does, but there is a certain amount of consent there. Yeah, like a certain scene in the subset, it doesn't matter about her happiness as long as the person she likes is happy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel bad for Tomoyo. Tomoyo's the real hero because she never gets any of her relationship, like, coming to fruition. But she is entirely happy, and she helps every single character find happiness in some way. Yeah. She and I like how she manages to maintain the happiness, and even the disappointment as well as, like, whatever is, like, Sakura is mixed up with the cards or anything, and she's not there to film it. She, 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 it's like she feels personal disappointment within herself, even though sometimes it's kind of played up for comedic aspect, but Ali Hoover manages to play Tomoyo very well. It's like, I really cannot see anybody else as Tomoyo, to be honest. Tomoyo is the best of us, and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I don't 
necessarily agree 100% with Zen about Michaela Krentz's Caro because there are some times where like, okay, this is getting kind of annoying, but I think that's more the character than her sometimes. Yeah. Because Caro can be a little bit obnoxious in Clear Carta, especially, like... But I think that she captures a lot of the um, exuberance that Caro has. And that's something I really enjoy in the performance. Um, I will say that I do wish Michaela played him a little bit more on the male side. Because I can still, like, it's not saying, like, oh, Caro's a dude, so she has to play him like a little boy. But sometimes I wish that it would have sounded a little bit more like a spunkier version of her character, Ryu, from Snow White with the red hair. Well, to be fair, Ryu was kind of a quiet person. At least it's deeper than the Japanese, so. Oh, yeah, no, like, you can straight up just tell Carol's played by a woman in Japan. Um, yeah. Um, so you can also do that for Shaoran, but we're not, we're almost to him. Um, but I, I enjoy the performance. I think that she gets a lot of the spunk out, and that's what Carol really needs, because Carol does need to be annoying but charming, because that's Carol's character, like, He's kind of a dummy. Like, Caro eats and plays video games and is a lazy little sloth until he's needed. Um, to which, I I kind of die laughing every time Caro Barros, the big guardian, shows up. Because, basically, uh, Deku gets to sass All Might. Um, I I died a little laughing when Car- when Yue just is like, boop, bye, <laughs> bye. It's like, also, B, if you've noticed, when he goes into the big form, the headphones just go around the little gem on his uh, armor. Oh. That's a, a little touch I really enjoyed from the animation team, so thanks, guys. Uh, but Tomoyo, man. Natalie Hoover gets a lot of flack from people. There was there was a, a, a long time on a forum I go on where people are like, man, Clear Card's dub sucks, especially Tomoyo. She sound like people were using phrases I'm not going to repeat because they are very mean and they are not something that needs to be said. I I like Tomoyo Natalie as Tomoyo because she is the closest match to her Sayu. Um even Tomoyo Sayu is very much like the kind of pre- the Ojo sama like kind of archetype but just nice. Because most of Josamas are bears in trees catching honey um, every summer, uh, if you know what I'm saying. But And she also had the oh laugh at one point. And I was like, oh, that's right, you're Sonya. So you know how to do that laugh. <laughs> but for me, too, one of the things we had to talk about, Natalie Hoover sings really well, guys. Oh, yeah. Um. She, and I, I, thank you, Jamal, for bringing up that she does sound a lot like Amanda Lee, because that was perfect casting on their end, because they can harmonize together when they sing! Yeah. Um, their singing was so good, and this is probably some of my favorite dub song work in a very long time. Um, I think that Natalie nailed every aspect of Tomoyo, and... One of the things I always say about performances is you can tell when somebody is in love with the character that they play. Natalie's passion for this character shows Mm -hmm. in her performance. She, of especially anybody in the show, I think, exudes that to me through the performance. Natalie Hoover is Tomoyo Daijoji. 
if by some grace of God, Miss America lets their grubby little paws off season, the first three seasons of this show, I would be disappointed if another company got the rights to it outside of Funimation and didn't make, didn't let Natalie come back to reprise her role. She was flawless. And I know even on this podcast, some people have been super critical of Natalie. You knocked it out of the park and I can't wait to hear you do maybe more characters like this. Because this is something you're really good at. And you were perfect as Tomoyo. Yeah, hopefully if like Crunchyroll has full rights to the, the second movie and somehow they're, the ability to redub it comes up. I hope they do. Because... <clears throat> Redub the whole show. Well, that too, but... Like, the second movie, for the moment, seems like the most likely. I was gonna save that for Fire the Fods, but uh, yeah, please true. redub the whole show. Yeah. Are we good to move on to the last two characters, our main leads? Let's do it. Mm-hmm. I'm ready. Alright, it's time to talk about... The two lead characters of this show, you can't have Cardcaptor Sakura without Sakura Kinemoto, our main heroine, the girl who unwittingly opened the cards and uh, let out all of them to go into the world. And of course, her one-time rival in catching the cloud cards turned love interest, Xiaoran Li, who I can't spell the name of, and neither can any of us. Nobody in English like, can. I, I don't well. even think Kodansha can. What? I don't even think the subs did, because they went with the Chinese version. Yeah. Um. Oh yeah. By the way, if you want to know really quickly before we move on, there is a dub of the second movie that's Union, and Michelle Ruff actually plays Tomoyo. Yeah. That. Weird thing is, I don't think the dub is on Crunchyroll with the... No, it's just the yeah. sub. Anyway. Um, anyway, back to this. So, predictions for Sakura Kinemoto and Shaoran Lee. Alright, so I I kept Sakura as the, the, the Tsubasa Chronicles fallback of Monica Rial. Because, honestly... So did I. Honestly, looking at the character design, I, I figured Monica Rial's voice would fit. Now... Shaoran, on the other hand, um, I couldn't quite do it because um, the actor the, the actor seemed like he, he he would have been better for the the Subasa design of Shaoran, which is a lot older. So I went with um, I went with Dallas Reed. Uh, so Jamal, your predictions. Here's where my lack of uh, clap, the cosmos that is the clap universe comes in, because again, like I said, I saw a tweet of a, a certain certain actresses who were stating that they would be in the project. Of course, Kayla was involved, so I figured, well, one of them's gonna be the lead of this show. So I had both Natalie and Monica. And in my opinion, uh, a fallback I had was, uh, I think before the dub even came out, I think I had Megan Shipman because she was hosting a discussion on a card cap to Sakura. And I thought, well, who better to talk about Sakura than the voice of Sakura? 
Shawali on the other hand is uh, <laughs> it's kinda different. Respoil Because I No Uh again this is where my lack of clap ah, knowledge okay. comes in. Cause I also had my career. But I figured you know it's a little boy character. And she could do it very well. I also had Howard Wang because he also played a little boy character recently. He was very good at that. But, uh, do y'all have your brown pants on? Sure. Yeah, this one's gonna surprise the hell out of you. Okay. I ain't Brit April. Yeah, okay, I can see what? that. Cause she's played little boys? Believe it or not, within the last year and a half, she's been playing little boys. Because I know she's the green-haired kid in Psyche K. She's also Joel McDonald's brother in Go Beats Boys, to which I could not tell that was her. What? what? Except for one scene, but I could not tell that was her. I need to actually go finish Girl Beats Boy. You need to, like... She was this close to being on my... Voice acted Black Magic last year, but she kind of got edged out a little. But yeah, I, I thought that all three of them would work very well. Well, uh, I was like, even with even without said tweet, I don't think this is what I, I was going to say. So, Carcaptor Sakura is a Kodansha product. Uh, I believe they also handled Tsubasa Chronicles. Um, my other thing is this. If people have played characters in another franchise who are the same as this, Funimation tends to keep them. Uh, so I didn't really have predictions. I just went with the fallbacks. Uh, so, so did Funimation. So playing Sakura Kinomoto is Monica Rial. And playing Xiaoran Lee is one Jason Lebrecht. Uh, Jason Lebrecht, you'll know his characters such as Yato in Noragami. I swear to God, this is a real actual character. He's played Gaga in Petite Princess Yushi and Shaoran in all of the Subasa Chronicles. And he plays all of the Shaorans. Let's leave it at that. Um, Monica Rial, all of the Shaorans. Monica Rial plays characters such as Rize Kamishiro in Tokyo Ghoul. She plays Ginko Yorishiro in Yorikuma Arashi, and she plays all of the Princess Sakuras in Tsubasa Reservoir Chronicles. All of them. <laughs> um, if I could sit and explain to you the plot of Tsubasa Chronicles, I would. It makes no sense. Um, like, like I said before, she explained. I believe I specifically Shaoran. explained I Shaoran. and it took like twenty-five minutes to a half an hour. To go through a just to explain Shaoran, and I was using a wiki. <laughs> like it is complicated. Jamal, the roots, the floor is yours. Roots, the floor is yours. <laughs> All right, so I, I guess I'll start with Sakura. It, like I said, I had predicted her returning to the role of Sakura because her voice was something I would assume would fit the character, and I was correct on this matter. Uh, she is able to portray the, like, she, uh, Sakura's a very happy-go-lucky character, and Monica Rial's able to do that well. She also does the sort of pouting whenever she, whenever Tomoyo has the flicker in her eye about 
giving her a costume change. Like, that that's great, and it, it always puts a smile on my face when... <clears throat> when she does that. Yeah. The, <laughs> and, like, it, it was a really good performance, and uh, I I have to now go to the elephant in the room, which is uh, Jason Lebrecht's Showeron. Because, boy, howdy, did puberty hit Showeron like a semi. Beep, beep. <laughs> I actually don't have any issues with the performance itself. It just took a little while to get used to Sharon sounding as old as he does. And, um, I also need to, like, I also need to bring up the, uh, the OVA episode, which, as we mentioned, ended up getting dubbed. Because <laughs> he's just like, yeah, Sakura, I, I think I'm in love with you. And I'm just like, and when I'm watching this... I literally send Megan a DM over Twitter that's just like, Whoa, slow your roll there, Casanova. You're only 10. It's true. And, um... What, what made this... Ex what made this also extremely funny was, um... While we were at Anime Boston... Like, uh, Funimation put out a video for Sakura's birthday. Yeah, I watched Oh, it a really awkward Jason <laughs> Lebrecht video. Yeah. Jason Lebrecht, like, doing... In a robe. Doing, like, the Casanova voice, pouring champagne into glasses. She's 12! <laughs> All the while, like, the the flamenco guitar cover of Hotel California from the Big Lebowski soundtrack is playing ah, in the background. Jason, no! Hey, he's speaking with a tiny Spanish accent. And, I Jason, no, she's 12! I was. <clears throat> I think we were all in the room together yeah, for that. Like we, like we were all like in like. <clears throat> we were at the hibachi place. Yes, we were at the we were at the hibachi Zen. restaurant, which Zen. ended up being the birth of another dirty joke, but <laughs> that may come up later. <laughs> hey, hey, Zen. Yeah. Zen. We're here for the Airbnb. <laughs> Uh. <laughs> okay, but in any case, um, like, Jason Lebrecht's performance this show on really, it took a little while to grow on me, but when it did, it did. Which, oh, by the way, the Aquarium episode, because that is like the second time weird stuff has go gone down at that aquarium. Who is running it? Jotaro Kujo? <laughs> No, it's probably the third time because they had two episodes of the original series at the aquarium. Ah, gotcha. Nonetheless, who yeah. <laughs> seriously, Jotaro Kujo is running this aquarium. Bad. That, that's not as bad as the Penguin Park. Like half of season three takes place in Penguin Park, and then the like just that that park is cursed. Yeah, not to mention that King Penguin gets moved around a lot. Only three times, I think. Man, the Japanese version of Parks and Rex is weird. <laughs> but anyways, then, um, if you're ready to go, I am ready to pass it on. Yes. Okay. Um, I'm going to ask you all to brace yourselves because sure. um, I have some controversial opinions. 
Here comes the hot takes fresh from Zen's oven to your mouth. Yes. Um, for the most part, this entire podcast, I have been talking about the good. And while there have been some small problems here or there with only Ariel um, so far being the major, major problem. Um, it, you know, if it was any other differences, like if anything else had happened differently with the main cast, I probably would be liking this dub a lot more because when I first watched the first two episodes, I did not like this dub, and it's mainly because of these two performances. Now, I may get flack for this, and because like the past two videos that I put out, I've been uh, not liking the performances of Monica Rial, and um, honestly, I think. Um, I'm kind of in the ballpark with Spaceman Hardy on this one in that when Monica Riol is using her resave voice as in like act, like using big girl Monica. big girl Monica because she's basically using her natural voice for this and her natural voice is like this particular pitch um, when you're, when she's using her big girl voice it's fine I do not like when she's using her natural voice because not because it's bad i'm not hating on her voice because again it's her natural voice i get it i get it i'm not hating on her voice it's that i don't think it fits the character and when i hear it out of sakura especially the first two episodes i don't hear sakura from this voice to be honest i feel like it just sounds it just doesn't sound what I'm looking for in this character. And throughout most of this show, um, it slowly got better, but there are definitely a couple points where she shouted or where she like slipped back into a portion of the voice where it's not controlled enough to where I think it works. And I just... I could not get behind this Sakura, and I know she's voiced the Sakura in, Suba in Subasa Reservoir Chronicles, which is like, I get why they cast her in this performance, in this role. I don't think it works, and I'm sorry, Monica, because you are the sweetest person I've ever met. You are really, really wonderful, and I'm sorry to keep harping on this because you're a wonderful person, but it's just... <laughs> I'm sorry, I do not care for this performance, and as someone who has just marathoned 70 plus episodes of Cardcaptor Sakura, I just did not like it. I, I am very sorry, but I did not, and the same is true of Shauron for a different reason. His balls done dropped, and it does not fit the character at all. Like... Theoretically, like, this is maybe a year after what happened um, in the previous uh, arcs. It's not that long. And while the design has changed, it's it, it doesn't it's not that big of a change for me to look and say, oh, he's a teenager, so that voice makes sense. <sighs> he needs to sound younger. And while, yes, the original Seiyu in the Japanese... Um, was was a, was a woman, and definitely, like, you could clearly tell, it definitely had much more of a boyish quality of mischievous to it. Here, 
he's so reserved and so laid back and he doesn't have any of the mannerisms that I liked about him like freaking out about everything and, and get and blushing and, and and all this other stuff and they're playing up the romance but like I just don't like what they're doing with Shaoran I don't like Sakura like I need to watch this in sub to see how I fully feel about uh, these two characters but this is what really kind of hampers this show in this dub, in my opinion. It's these two performances, and I could not get past them. They got better over time, but, oh boy, I am, like I, I said, I'm sorry, but this really hit home for me. The two main characters of a beloved show, and they're just not good enough. Uh, Jamal? I, I can't say I 100% agree with said if I shower, because shower, because, again, this is like, I don't know what, since 18 years since I've seen the original dub, but it was kind of weird hearing Jason LeBrecht play a little bo boy in this role. I mean, it for me, it took me some time getting used to. Uh, but then again, I see that now that you know this Shawa's not as many episodes. I'm not. I I kind of like it. I I I, I want to hear more out of it before I can make a complete judgment, really. Because from from what I've seen, uh, he does. He seems to do his best when it comes to the action scenes. To which can we talk about him just pulling a straight sword out of his head? <laughs> you know who can do that? You know who can do that? Subasa Sharon! And you know what's funny? I actually own a Chinese sword. <laughs> nice. Yeah. With the ornaments and everything, but I think I lost the ornaments. Anyway, that's not the point. The point is I I want I wanna hear more before I can make a complete judgment, but as of right now, I think it's pretty much okay. I think it's pretty much par for the course. I mean there's nothing really bad about it, it's just it's something I'm not used to, but then again, I'm not really used to the clap universe. The only clap shows I've ever really seen are Harlick and actually no, a couple episodes of Harlick and the entirety of Blood Sea. And that's about it. Whereas I completely disagree with Zenith on Sakura. Because the thing about it is this is not the safe choice. This is not because she was Sakura in the previous roles previous versions of Tsubasa, it's because Marco y'all is very animated. And let me explain to let me explain what I mean by that. Yeah, she can do the little boy girl very easily, but when it comes time to like react the way Sakura reacts, you know, to certain situations, to how she handles them, it's almost instantaneous. Like it's pretty much natural instinct to her. And I I think that like, you know, if you if you're not liking her voice because you know it may sound grating to you, I mean I can completely understand. But to me, it kind of fits the character very well. I mean, for me, for Micah, uh, hold on, hold on, let me get the words right. For Micah, she reclaimed the guy she was meant to, to inhabit. Let's put it that way. Okay. Apparently, nobody got the joke, but okay. Yeah, so she was pretty much meant for this role from like since the very beginning, and 
I know I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna see her again. Another card, probably this summer. It's gonna be like my seventh time meeting her. So Monica's I, the best. Yeah, <laughs> you know she was the AB while y'all were up there. Yeah, no, we just didn't. I just we just didn't get to yeah. go because her life is like forever long. Yeah, we don't get to see her that often. We did. We did get to see her at Yomacon uh, a while back, and like I, like I said, she's a wonderful person. She's a highly yes. talented voice actress, and I don't want to take away from her in any respect. It's just yeah. Um, I, I wish I could have seen you in AB, Monica. You're you're awesome. Keep being awesome. Everyone has performances that they don't like in shows, and that's completely valid. Yeah. Like, yeah. Lord, Lord knows I have ripped Vic Mignogna a new butthole a couple times <laughs> on this show. Yeah, I mean, um, me, I don't really have any props with voice actors, but if you ask me about comedians, oh boy. Ooh. No, I will say this. I'm normally opposed to stunt casting, but if we see the bigger version of Spinal Sun and it's not Vic, I'm going to be disappointed. Um, but yeah, like I said... This is this is pretty much Monica's role. It's you can think it's typecasting or anything, but like I said, she reclaimed the guys she was meant to inhabit. I mean, it pretty much if you like it, you like it. You don't, you don't. Just don't really knock Monica for it, you know. Honestly, I really cannot see anybody else play that. I've tried, I have tried, but it always comes back to Monica. Always. I think for me, these two were oh, the, the hardest to get behind as well. Um, not because I dislike either of them as actors. Like, no, I love a lot of Monica and Jason roles. Like, Jason Lebrecht is honestly the reason why I like Noragami as much as I like Noragami. I thought he was perfect as Yato. Um, his performance and I bring it up a lot, but guys know I really like the dub of Token Rabu Hanamaru. His Mutsunokami is great, and I'm a little bit salty that Antiplex didn't get him to reprise uh, for Katsugeki, and I don't care that, about spoiling the fact that it's a different cast. Um, and I like Monica in a lot of things. I like Monica's and little girl roles, too. Like, God knows I've, I've got enough things on my shelves where she plays, like, middle schoolers and high schoolers. Like, for me, I, I will say I think I like Sakura better than I like Shaoran's voice in this case. Um, Sagra, she, I feel, gets a little bit more. Um, but the biggest thing I really want to bring up, uh, between this and why I feel like, I feel like this was a mis- I don't want to say it's a mistake to have them be Shaoran and Sakura because they are perfectly serviceable in the roles. And that's kind of the issue, I think, is that they're just serviceable. This is a franchise that- your leads need to be, like, 100% on point. And I understand the, the need for consistency. There are people out there who throw fits if one voice actor is changed because somebody has retired or somebody is sick or somebody is just not acting anymore or they can't make it in. There are people who will burn down places for hours on the internet and call directors lazy. And I've had to straight up go in and like be like, hey, look, you do not know what's going on. As And granted, I don't either. Like, I do not have insight into Funimation. None of us do. But when you've done this show like I have for three years, you tend to notice trends. And while trends can be very much bucked, 
they do give you a little bit of a theory crafting thing. And I was like, look, no, just because somebody's not getting an actor back does not mean they're lazy. Um, no offense, uh, in the second Cardcaptors movie, uh, the one that was dubbed over in California that's Union, it's Kari Walgren playing Sakura. Guys, no offense, I don't think we're gonna get Kari Walgren held down for 22 weeks. Yeah. Um, and the other thing I want to bring up is this. So Jason and Monica in Subasa Chronicles are great because the characters are like 16. They're a couple of years older and they are not the same characters. A lot of a lot of people actually do get that misconstrued that oh, well Subasa Chronicles is just them in this new world. No, they are completely different characters, guys. Like they are not the same Sakura and Shaoran. They are completely different. You can't have these actors or your expectations in my if you've seen the Subasa Chronicles dub and have never seen Card Captors or Card Captor Soccer, I say Card Captors because I'm used to that's what I'm used to it growing up as. You cannot have the same expectations of their performance. It's like, well, why doesn't she play them like Sakura in Subasa? Or why doesn't Jason play Shaoran like Shaoran in Subasa? It's they're not the same characters, guys. They're completely different characters with their own intricate character arcs. Um I completely see where Zenith is coming from. Like, if I was somebody who had only watched the sub and turned on the dub for once, I could see straight up disappointment in this. Um, but as somebody like looking at it from a more objective take, like where my own taking out my own feelings aside, uh, Monica is 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 fine. Monica is to me the more solid of the two. She can get a lot of the expressivity down. She can kind of match Sakura's very, very distinct, her Seiyu Sakura Tenjie's noise that she does. Yeah. And that's a very, very distinct noise that that character, it's a character tick. Um, she can kind of match it into those lip flaps. Um, for me, I do have kind of some issues with Shaoran. It did grow on me. The biggest thing is this, when Shaoran starts to yell, that's when Jason turns into adult Jason again. Or teenage like older teenager Shaoran. Um, and that's something that can obviously be redone in pickups on home video. Um, you obviously can't do that for um, a, a simul dub, but I can completely see both sides of this. And I do want to kind of get back to a certain argument or a certain thing I want to say when we get to final thoughts, which we're going to move into now. Because uh, I think we've all said our piece on Shaoran and soccer, mm -hmm. correct? I, I think that they're serviceable. I think mm -hmm. they're pretty... I would say they're kind of moving... As the show goes on, they are definitely growing on me. And it got a lot easier to watch and hear them as it went on. But I can completely understand where Zen's coming from. But let's move on to final thoughts, starting with Roots. Okay, um, so I'm going to keep this kind of quick because we're going just a hair long. Um, this, this was a dub that took a little while to adjust to to for it to grow on me with the <clears throat> with the leads there are, there is some pitch perfect casting here there are performances that i consider amazing and even the ones i was iffy about starting have definitely improved over the over the 13 episodes of its run so far um I could recommend this 
<clears throat> even to, uh, mainly to people who maybe saw the Nelvana dub as a kid, um, I could probably also suggest it to people who watch the, the full series subbed and are more, more dub people and would rather, in all honesty, I would love to see this cast come back and redo the original series. Because, <clears throat> I mean, I appreciate the fact that Nissa tried to get a dub that was mostly kind of uncut. It just ended up being the one for Southeast Asia, which... <clears throat> if you don't know about Southeast Asian dubs, they're... For American audiences, they're a little off so I I would actually suggest this dub to to people who might be interested in it and um, yeah I'll pass it on to Zen okay um so I've said a lot of my piece on this already and I, I don't want to make this too long as it is um, this was just kind of a shock to me I will say that this is the best dub the show has ever had, so don't take anything that I'm saying here as as in, oh, I liked the older one better. No, the older one sucked. I've heard it. None of the original dubs were good. This this is a step in the right direction. Um But the show means so much to me. This like as someone who is going through um, their own transformation, their own transition into uh, a new gender, a new identity. This show means so damn much because it it deals with these issues in such a positive manner, in a manner that should have uh, that that should be tackled by so many other shows. And um, I think they did it. A good enough job with with respect with with most of these characters the biggest problem i have is the main cast honest um ariel and several of the main cast i just do not enjoy their performances and i feel like the average person who is going to walk onto this show and watch it because they don't they may not even know card captor sakura but you know like kids are gonna you know straight up watch it because it's cute and it's something um for them like it's it's an easy jumping on point i think especially because of the recap at the beginning of the first episode and i think that if you're stumbling onto the show and watching it for the first time I think a lot of common audiences are going to be turned off by performances if you're not into if you're not used to anime. Um, maybe it's just me, but I know um, some of my friends would not watch an anime like this if they find the performances grating. Um, but anyway, that's that's my take on it. I feel like a lot of this is perfectly cast. A lot of it is. And, you know, you got Yue and Tomoyo and Akiho and all these characters that sound so damn natural. But then, again, when things aren't cast really well, I think it really shines to the point where 
it, it stands out like a sore thumb, and I think it hurts the experience. Is it good? Yes. It could have been more. And in I from all the dubs that I've seen recently um, of bad shows turning out amazing dubs, I'm really, really sad, sad that an amazing show has just an, a standard okay dub. Yeah, uh, I guess since the soapbox is warm, I kind of share some of the same thoughts with uh, Roots and Zenith, because, and here, here's the thing, I feel like this is kind of a Yoda situation, where you know you're dumping something that you don't really have a complete full understanding of ahead of time, to which a lot of actors will do that, so please do not spoil them in the future. Uh, Unless they ask for it. Okay? So I'm really hoping they do end up going back and dubbing the original 70 episodes and everything. You know, so that way they can get more of a feel for the characters. Because as it, as it stands, I, I it's pretty good. I mean, I to me, I like it pretty much because it combines both the 90s movie effects. Some of the old school animation with some of the new school animation. It's kind of gorgeous. It's like... I'm watching something nostalgic again, to which, ladies and gentlemen, you do not throw stones in Caitlyn Glass's house, okay? Because I will say this. As someone who's been a Sailor Moon fan, I've seen the original dub, and that dub was a product of its time. So fast forward 18 years, and I see the new dub, and I enjoy it. Some people are hating on the new dub. Oddly enough, it's the same thing here. It's been 18 years since I've seen the original card captors dub, to which, if somebody could take a 2x4 to the back of my head, I'm really trying to get rid of that theme song in my head. Oh, we all are. <laughs> yeah. So, and, that, and that's the thing, you know, you dub you kind of, would, if you watch the Sailor Moon R movie review we did, I explained that you're trying to retrofit something new to something old, and sometimes it doesn't always work. But in the case of Card Captain Sakura, I really like what I've seen here because, at least, you know, this is coming from a well-acclaimed ADR director who takes care of all of the products. It it's understandable if you hate something. Just keep the hate to yourself. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Go I, ahead, I, I swear to God, if I ever find out any of you harassing Caitlyn Glass, oh, you're just lucky I'm on the internet. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, I'm gonna pick up from where Jamal came off in that. Yeah, no, I saw some pretty vile stuff on a forum that I frequent, and I see pretty vile stuff launched at voice actors a lot there. And some of them are like, "Well, why don't they do this? Why aren't they dubbing songs?" And I have gone through this gambit with some people multiple times. And trust me, it keeps me up at night. And I know I shouldn't because this isn't my life. But these are people I, I genuinely respect and care about. And I will say this. If you ever have the balls to call Caitlyn Glass Lazy to my face, you better, you better have some good running shoes. This is a dub that I have problems with. There are casting choices that I feel are retained for reasons I don't know. 
and that I will never find out because I am not an ADR director, nor do I work for Funimation. And that's okay. I'm not privy to that information, and that's my my lot in life. I'm not an ADR director. I'm not an engineer. I'm not uh, some big wig at fun. I am not Gen Fukunaga. Um, are there things I would change about this if I, I could, based on my own opinion as a fan? Yeah, I would. But I'm also an idiot. And if I could, I would have, like, Bashonen shows out the butthole with all my favorite voice actors in it. Regardless of if they are actually the right fit based off auditions and character. That being said, Caitlin Glass does not make lazy dubs. And if you knew anything about her work ethic and how open she is with us, we get bloopers for this show. Um, I wasn't on Garo Vanishing Line, but she was putting stuff into Garo Vanishing Line that most other companies' home video dubs don't even think to put in. And she was doing that on a week-to-week basis while living a normal human life. And working on an additional show as she was working on Vanishing Line. Yeah, not to mention working on home video stuff that she was potentially working on. I believe they were probably working on uh, dubbing all the shows in frickin' Show by Rock Season 2 while doing this! And who knows what Um, other kind of DVD things might be coming down the pipe that may have been going on simultaneously. So, like, this is just me, like, saying as somebody who is a fan of dubs and how they work, y'all need to chill. Yes. And this is coming out during a time where there's been a lot of flack in the anime community for how they treat creators on both sides of the ocean. Y'all need to back up. Mm. And remember that we are all here to enjoy this. We're allowed to criticize anime. That's what we do as fans. But there's a point where you all need to sit and look at yourselves in the mirror and be like, am I attacking a show or am I attacking a real-life human being who is putting their blood, sweat, and tears into this work? And that is what this cast is doing. They are putting their blood, sweat, and tears into this. Do I like every casting choice? No, I've, I've said that on here. This is a dub that is having a bit of Yona syndrome, like Jamal said. They're not getting to start from point zero on any of these characters. They're stepping into the shoes of a pair of 20-year-old shoes and are expected to be there as if they've worn those shoes for the last 20 years of their lives. For some people, it really works. For some people, it's getting there and that is the risk that you have when you grab a bunch of sequels we're gonna see that coming in the spring season look at full metal panic um the new full metal panic anime we don't know who's going to be in that cast or if there's going to be any cast replacements due to reasons that person is going to have to step into shoes that are not originally there look at when they have to replace casting on dragon ball z Someone has to step into shoes that have been there for so long. This is a dub that I enjoy. This is a show, a dub that I could show my nieces who are like three and six and they would enjoy it. And I can't show them the original show right now because the dubs are, while they exist and are okay, they're not a quality I want to show my kid, my, my nieces, not my children. I don't have children yet. 
Um, this is a show that is incredibly powerful for little, especially little girls and the LGBT community who are younger. Um, and this is the best that the show has ever had. It is completely respected to its source material. And that is something I didn't get to mention when we talked about the directors, but that is something that speaks volumes to me, is the amount of love and care and affection that has been put into this by Funimation themselves. Uh, we mentioned they did the birthday party for Sakura with the cast. That shows me Funimation does care about this. And I've been on my little diet tribe enough, but I really want to see this in more shows. Mm -hmm. Even if they're not, even if they're not like, like legitimately, even if it's not Dragon Ball Z guys, do this for other shows. It reflects back to the community that you care about all your properties. And it made me really happy that they gave it to this show, especially. Because this is, like Zenith said, this is a show that's really important for a lot of people. And that's all I can really say without repeating myself over and over, and this has been going on for a really long time. So, with that, if you want to watch Cardcaptor Sakura the Clear Card, it comes out every Wednesday, um, if this gets up on time, at 4 o'clock Eastern Time. Otherwise, it, the dub will all be up, and we'll now know what the heck is up with Akiho and all the clock crap. Um... But if you want to watch the subtitle version, if the dub isn't your speed, you can always go to Crunchyroll and watch the sub version on Saturdays. New episodes come out, I think, around like 7-ish at night. Um, if you are interested in any of the original series, including both films, they are all available on Crunchyroll, I believe, in subbed and dubbed format. You cannot buy the second, mo the second movie on DVD right now or Blu-ray, but, excuse me, you can buy the first... The original anime from Miss America with the Animax Southeastern Asia dub and the sub on it. And you can buy the Blu-ray for the first movie from Discotech, which includes the Nelvana dub on it. Trust me, I know, I own it. Um, uh, but with that, everybody start uh, pimping yourselves out. Okay, um, you can find me on the Twitter at Roots of Justice. Um, I mainly just, like... Mainly repost cute animal pics. Like, I I just... Like, over the weekend, when this is being recorded, I put up, like, a, a dumb Bakugo thing that's get that's still, like, getting retweets and likes. I, I'm in the thousands. You found now. Roots of Justice's dumb, <laughs> dumb Bakugo meme. Welcome. Ah, boy. And, uh, yeah, I, I have a YouTube, and I, I've got a that I need to do something with eventually. I have ideas, but <clears throat> it, it, it's a work in progress. Hopefully one of these days I can actually talk about it because <laughs> it'll be a tangible thing. But I'm rambling now, so somebody needs to take this from me. Um, Hey, everyone. I am Zenith Warul. I am the best girl of podcast. Uh, and uh, you can find me at uh, Zenith Warul on Twitter. Uh, on youtube.com slash zenith will review patreon.com slash zenith will review and I also stream regularly uh, two to three times a week over at twitch.tv slash zenith will rule where I am currently playing through Kingdom Hearts 1 as I work towards that infamous 100% along with a few other um, slightly more obscure games and uh, some other stuff um, that patrons are requesting. With all that said, moving on. 
if you want to know what to catch you, catch you, catch me, catch me for sure. I'm an assistant editor for the podcast. I can also be found on my personal YouTube at Jamstar One. It's always nice to meet you. Good to see you for sure. Uh, I on Twitter at Jamstar Five Two Nine. If you ever want to chat, just let me know. I'm groove. I'm always groovy. So. What a platinum way to introduce yourself. <laughs> uh, are, but who says are you a, a are you a dreamer just... with hidden power? Okay, look, I back when I was on the podcast that won't be named, that's actually my tenth favorite anime opening of Oh, all it's time. amazing. Um, yeah, let's end this on a lighthearted note. Megan. Yeah, my name is Megan. You can follow me at QueenEro2 on Twitter. I also have a YouTube channel under the same name where I don't post anything. It's for AMVs. Um but you can also hang out with me on the Funimation Discord as well as Andrew and Hardy. Uh, but if you, but with that, um, yeah, no, this was a great time, and we're sorry this went long, but there's a lot of passion and love here. So, with that, Zenith, take us out. All right. <clears throat> oh, key that hides the power of dreams, reveal your true nature before me. Release.